Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Thursday the 28th of December 2017. I'm your host Dan Jane, join me today Zachary Burgess. It's a weird shit name. And Robert Kemp. It's spelled with K's, oh, okay. I don't know if that makes it, because it was supposed to be all cock-off. Like the club in Camden. Oh what, K-O-K-O, is that yeah. how the Camden club is? It is indeed. Coco. So that probably is, but, means something I guess. But or, is, not, or is it just like a, a bird noise that's pronounced weirdly in like America, it's an American ship. Hmm. Like, so it's the USS Coco. USS Coco. Or is it like, in American accent, is it like the sound an eagle makes or something? Or it's like, so it's like USS Kaka! Is it American? So it's a naval ship, is it? Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, that's a weird name. Well, most, for... most of the, 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 the. USS doesn't necessarily mean Navy. It could um, just be like a transport vessel that they used in the Navy. It doesn't mean it's a warship, basically. No, well, it sort of does. But it. A transport ship related to war yeah, and sure. naval, but yeah. not necessarily like a, not if you're thinking about a naval ship, you're just thinking like guns and yeah, stuff. It's not necessarily ships. like that. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, I got it wrong. Okay, it's, oh. the, it's the coca. Coca. How's it spelled? Coca. Coca. Okay. What kind of what kind of ships? It's a bag of douche class fleet tug. There you go, it's a tug. <laughs> it's a tugboat. It's, it's even tug. less military than a transport ship. But it is military. I mean, but it yeah, is Navy. It's a naval it is, it is tug. Navy. It's for tugging battleships. I just like Bagadoose class. That's cool. Bagadoose! Coca. So, Coco, and Coco with a C is the new Pixar film, which, which, <laughs> why is it that, by the way, that now that everything comes out simultaneously, including TV shows, to stop piracy, mm. why is it that Pixar films come out like six months earlier in the US than here? Or more, moreover, why do they delay it when they're releasing Wait, it here? Like Wally came out like that's still miles a thing? before. I thought that had stopped. No, it's still a thing because Coco's not out and it's been out in America for a while now. Oh, yeah. Apparently, it's really good. So, looking forward to that. Anyway. By the way, guys, move on. that doesn't seem. Well, I suppose it wouldn't because if it, if Inside Out was six months late here, then yeah. I suppose it doesn't seem like it's that taking them that long to put another film out. Uh, yeah, well, Incredibles two is coming as well. Ugh. <laughs> Do you not like the Incredibles? I, the I'm not a big fan of Pixar sequels. You don't like the idea of uh, two. That's, that's yeah. well, it's been a long think. time to be fair. Like I, I'm sure they had an original idea. <laughs> For that one, I mean, aren't they doing another, doing another Toy Story as well? Oh God! <laughs> and yeah, it's like they should have stopped. They should have stopped after three for three, sure. Well, three was properly good. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, it's, but you should just stop that. You should just stop. Yeah, yeah. Do something new. So let's hope they Pixar do. Pixar are good when they, or they're best when they do something new. Well, that's or, where Coco or, comes in, right? Yeah. Or if you're going to do a new Toy Story, you have to just move to a completely new set of characters. Just new toys, just make, yeah, make a new, yeah, new setting, new theme, yeah, yeah, you new situation. Tom Hanks and Tim <laughs> Allen anymore. Get rid well, of them. It's going to have to be right because like, that was that was the plot of Toy Story Three. Yes. That it was yeah. like the toys were with some other kid now. Well, no, it was. I suppose it was all the old toys were with another kid, so they could do something about. Oh, it's the new kid, but they've sort of already done that, haven't they? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Pixar. So this is the Salcast and this is our Game of the Year special. <laughs> this is the movie section that we yeah. can never escape. Yeah, we'll, we'll just get it out of the way. Yeah, well, you guys haven't seen Star Wars, so can't talk oh. about that. That's lucky. That's probably lucky. Maybe that's tomorrow's job. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just looking at me. <laughs> As if to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that, audience? <laughs> Listeners. <laughs> you hear that wrong, grab the, mic. <laughs> the sound of mic adjustment. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so, um, 
it's the end of the year and it's time for our game of the year special because every single games outlet and podcast has to do this. Yeah. So we're doing it. We're contractually obliged by the internet. By the contracts that we Ooh. have not ever signed or printed out or <laughs> We're, we're not going to get an exploding beard. I was, yeah. I was waiting. I heard it and I was like, oh, that sounds a bit wet. Sounds like there might be a phone coming up. Oh, that was fun really listening to that se- sequence in last year's go to where it's just the endless, like... Rob even, getting even screwed when I by t- everything. Yeah, even when I take the beer out into the kitchen... <laughs> And we can still hear it in the for, for ages, just go. So, how well do you think you can tell how fizzy it's going to be from the sound of the initial, like the initial fizz? What the initial ring pull? Yeah, the initial ring pull fizz. Well, that, that one just sounded a bit damp, which is usually a sign that there's already shit coming out of it. <laughs> you still call it a ring pull, even though they got rid of the pull part of ring pulls, you like pull it. before we were born. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are still called ring pulls. You still pull it. You still pull. I guess up, you pull like. it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but it's not like, it's more like rip a, it out. I guess it's more yeah. like a ring lever. <laughs> ring lever, yeah. Genius design. Anyway, let's Game of the get on with this, I guess. Okay, step one. Step one. Bring out the when, categories. Yep. Robert, when, Maestro or, Robert. Don't bring out all the categories, bring out the first category. The first category. Yeah, yeah I'm, not doing, I'm not doing the housekeeping this year. We don't play everything. Yeah, Suck it. That's sufficient housekeeping. Yeah. I suppose very few outlets must be able to play everything, right? Yeah, but they talk about everything. We yeah. we say no. We only talk about stuff that we care to play. <laughs> well, we do sometimes talk about stuff we didn't play, but not in yeah. categories if, if, if that are relevant to like if having it, to experience it. If it's highly <laughs> notable for very well-known reasons. Yes. Let's put it that way. So, you know, we have talked about like graphics, technical stuff, or aesthetic stuff, when it's like games you haven't played because the actual game itself was bad, yes. but it looked real nice, then you can still talk, like Battlefront, yep. we had that conversation. Right, so, with all that usual stuff in mind, the first category is our Discovery Award, our old Discovery Award, all specifically. Right. So this used to be the 26, what would previously have been known as the 2016 game of 2017. Yeah. Um, but because we didn't actually play that many 2016 games that we missed from last year, I've expanded it out to games we've never played before, but discovered this year to give them a little bit of limelight mm. when perhaps we may have shunned them foolishly, like fools. And your nominees for this category, Zeg? Um, I think I played anything particularly new that wasn't a game of this year mm. like something that I hadn't ever played before that also didn't come out this year so I have I've kept a list of like <laughs> based on what we tagged the salad cast sure with. go ahead what do we so got? this is all the games this isn't my best list this is just the list of all the old stuff okay. right so there are some crappers in here yeah uh, so Assassin's Creed 4 yep uh, Creeper 3 okay Arc right. Eternal Dead Core Cubes Lots of cubes. Oh, right, yeah. I remember all that game is that. Because the video series helps yeah. with some of this, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, Enslaved, Odyssey to the West, The Fault. Um, <laughs> games. Visual novel things. Heroes of the Storm, I played this year. Yeah. Uh, Joe Danger 2, I played this year. <laughs> uh, Para, uh, uh Strike Suit Zero, Director's Cut, Tekken Tag Tournament 2. <laughs> Randomly. And Some of Until Dawn. Okay. How about next time we go through one of those lists, we just you, we just skip over the ones that you know are bad, <laughs> and then we'll just start with the good ones. It's sort of funny just to mention them sometimes. <laughs> just be like, Ugh. 
Then what do you like off there? Enslaved? Yeah. Enslaved well, sounds good. like probably the best one. Yeah. Enslaved was good. I mean, it suffered from somewhat cruddy com- the combat wasn't great. Um, but you know, it was mostly about the story and the quality of motion capture for a game of that age. And it's yeah, it was quite funny. It's got Andy Circus in it. The late game story twist is pretty good. Cool. If not somewhat, I say it's a twist. It was somewhat expected, but it goes slightly darker than you sort of anticipate. It's nice to have something original as well, or like, well, well, well the fact is based on was it the the legend? Yeah, yeah. but there are a lot of stuff are. That's fine. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's almost indistinguishable, I suppose, from how you... I mean, it follows the same beats, I guess, but it's not... Classic monkey. Journey to the West, isn't it? The the original story. Mm. Um, As Creed 4, I bounced uh, off. Yeah, I, uh, I, really I was very close it. to bouncing off it yeah. at, at one point. It, uh, it was way too long. The story makes very little sense this time round. Everyone went, went on about the sea shanties and everything, and it's like, that's fine. But the, like, the sea shanties are cool, but yeah. and, and in fairness, some of the boat combat is cool, but even the yeah. boat combat itself is quite shallow. And it's the not, Assassin's Creediness is not the best Assassin's Creediness. No, just mainly mainly because of the environment, I think. Exactly. It's not well suited to... The, yeah. the whole point was, like, European cities and rooftops and things. Well, it doesn't have to be European. It could be... Should, I mean, it was interesting. This is where I go into like what what the what historical periods they should know, obviously do. It was, it was a little bit weird because none of the buildings are that tall in Assassin's Creed Four, right? It's not about mm. tall buildings like it kind of was in some of Venice and some of the Italian series, and even some of the original game. There was some tall ass stuff on occasion. And yeah, exactly. It, and there kind of isn't in this because there wasn't. Yeah. Because it's Caribbean and not like a built-up European city. Yeah, and it also meant there was a lot more linear sections through the woods and things that they had to construct for story reasons. Yeah, um, and things like that. In some in some respect, like that stuff is actually kind of okay because it's like, oh, here's a set piece moment. We've built a set piece thing for it, so it works better. And it's like, okay, I can get behind that. But then but when they make you retread fun... the set piece area to do side quests, it's like, okay, that's less good. Yeah, definitely. It's better to have a. For me, it's better to have a. An open world that's well constructed in yeah. an Assassin's Creed game than like linear sections. Sounds like Origins is back on track on that front, but you know, yeah, not one we covered this year. No, um, so I'll figure that out. I mean, Dead, Dead Core was okay about the cubes, but if you see what we did in the video, the rest of the game is that. It just gets harder. Yeah, it's just more. Yeah, so kind of yeah, not a lot to it. Take a Dag tournament. In terms of fighters, it's a real good fighter. Enjoy my time with that. I should probably go back and play some more, but part of me is like, oh, I should really be playing fighting games on my fight stick, but I can't use my fight stick on my X-Bone. Even though it's a 360 game, I'd have to then get the 360 out of the loft and I don't really want to do that. <laughs> so that's, that's one of the reasons why I haven't played as much of it as perhaps I should, but it's it's really, really good. And there's tons of stuff in it. Um, what else did we discover? Heroes of the Storm, surprisingly accessible MOBA. I mean, it's insanely popular, right? Yeah, well, I'm, I don't know that it is. Like, I don't know if Heroes is actually that. It's probably. It does alright for Blizzard, I think, but right. it's not like Overwatch level, and it's not. Right, no. Hmm. And it's not. But, yeah. What's the big one? It, well, it's not like Dota or, Wait, or League. League is the big one. Yeah. Well, they. Heroes and Storm had to be trying to steal people from the other two, so yeah. they were never going to get as big as it because they it's like they were trying to interfere with a market that already existed rather than so they both tried their own 
Yeah, it's 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 a it's an interesting take on it though, and it's a take that sort of appeals to me more because they they don't limit themselves to that one map formula, mm-hmm. but then they simplify. Although it's got tons and tons of heroes, as a game like that needs to, apparently, they simplify the mechanics of each so they're a bit more understandable and how you you would play them. Uh, you know, there's no and there's no complications like couriers. There's no. Uh, yeah, there's just there's just slightly less to worry about at all times, which is nice because there's a lot to worry about in those games. But then their quirk is that there's tons of maps. Well, I say tons. There's quite a lot of maps, and most of the maps have a gimmick, and the gimmick is key to winning the game. So you're adjusting your strategy for the level. Um, uh, for instance, one of the Overwatch levels is quite is almost literally a payload map where you're pushing carts into holes, but both teams are doing it at the same time, a bit like Payload Race from TF2, but in a mobile setting, and it works kind of well. I kind of enjoy it. Um, so, you know, I think, actually, Heroes of the Storm, capitalising on Blizzard stuff as well, so, you know, characters from StarCraft and Diablo and the Warcraft series and increasingly more and more characters from Overwatch are being added to it, yeah. with abilities... That translate really well, it has to be said. Like, you know, the, the, um, Lucio is one of the characters I played the most of. And his Heroes of the Storm character feels a lot like the Overwatch character. Like, they've mapped their abilities really very impressively. Um, it, you know, I suppose Lucio was quite an easy one, despite the fact, you know, because he's got area of effect healing just around him, so you just sort of wander around. But they've got the, like, sort of mix between you want speed and healing. I don't know. I think it's well thought through. For a MOBA. <laughs> but it's not Monday Night Combat. <laughs> Just get that in there. Cool. Um, so the older game we were most impressed with this year, probably Enslaved? Yeah, I think so. I think cool, yeah. I think if, if everyone's alright with that, just because... For sure. It's a, it's a nice window into how Ninja Theory got to where they are to this year. You know, a lot of what they were doing back then is still relevant to what they do now. So it was uh, enlightening in that regard. There you go. Enslaved, Odyssey to the West. Check it out if you have never played it. It's available on various platforms. Uh, Yeah, PC version on Steam. It's a good shout. Probably about £2 at this very moment. Yep, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Check that out. Right. Right. And now I've moved it up the list. Uh, based on some suggestions we had before it, but Most Forgotten is next, because it will make us remember stuff. Yeah. So we can talk about it later. Because I've only got three entries in this category. <laughs> Which seems to suggest that there probably are more. Yeah. But I think the first one in here is a good one. Okay. For Honor. Yeah, that would have been win 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 one that I said. Yeah. What like, was that? Exactly. <laughs> well, I don't know any of these games. So. It, was the, um, it was the Knights versus Samurai versus Vikings. It was the Ubisoft, Ubisoft melee, melee multiplayer game. game. Yeah. Right. It came out in like February. Yeah. yeah. It sort of came and went because there was some sort of... Well, was, it felt like there was hype leading up to it, right? It's like, this is different. This is interesting. This visually looks quite impressive. Yeah. This could be quite a different experience. And then it came out and no one cared. Well, apparently it was quite a different experience, but no, I guess. Yeah. Also, there was some like mess up with Ubisoft servers and communities and patches. The classic problem of launching a game. 
they didn't handle it very well, the launch window area. So it kind of pushed people away and then they were like, oh shit, we haven't got any population so no one wants to play it because it takes so long to get in a match and the matchmaking doesn't find you a good match because there's not enough people to match with. Mm. All those classic problems of low population. Yeah. I think they they had problems with having lots of modes at, at launch as well. Like, so it was, that problem became exacerbated. Mm. Um, and so people were just picking between too many disparate playlists and they needed to be bundled together. Basically, they needed to take Splatoon and just say, look, guys, there's only two playlists. <laughs> Suck it up. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I've got that. Um, although it's although my second selection has been getting a little bit of love in some of the other outlets' Game of the Year material, I had totally forgotten about the existence of Gravity Rush 2. Yeah. Again, very early release this year, I suppose, but... Fairly well received, and a game that looks really interesting to me. Like both that, the first one and the second one look fascinating in terms of mechanics and how you play it. Um, but yeah, I just sort of totally forgot that that existed and was a thing. Um, and controversially, I had that same problem with Persona Five this year. I sort of kept forgetting that it was a thing until people mentioned. Well, it. But have you played Persona? Well, I've never played yeah. any. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, the people that like Persona played the shit out of that, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've got friends who That's, are obsessed I mean, with it. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, this one, this one's a very personal. I forgot yeah. it repeatedly, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not expecting it to stick. It's not your kind of thing, but, I don't think. Although I, I don't know, know. It's, I think some of it is, but it's just the. There's, I think there's a lot that I would like in Persona. But I am terrified of its runtime. It's going to take forever to yeah. play through that game. It's enormous. Yeah, it's for a certain. It's for, it's quite niche, <laughs> but it. I think it was. It seems like it went down well with Persona fans. Maybe not as good as Persona Four. Um, and I realise that in some respects, that's also a hypocritical, hypocritical statement to make about it, given we've put about the same amount of time into Zelda that is Persona 5's runtime this year. Yeah, but that's Zelda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Yeah. So those are my my three, and I'm is sure this I've forgotten. forgotten by us or like forgot. I don't know. For, it's forgotten in general. Because yeah. I don't think percent of five is forgotten. No, no, uh, so no, no. But it's just me. Way. I had that problem this year, so it's got any entry seconds. Well, um, you might argue. We, it's another one we maybe didn't care about very much. What about Halo Wars 2? That came out this year. I mean, it sort of did, yeah. But no one cared. But I, did, I think that maybe makes it not very forgotten because not many people actually cared. Not many people noticed. That was made by Creative Assembly, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. What about Tom Ooh. Clancy's Ghost Week on Wildlands? Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That that's a good one. Because I actually... out pretty quick. That yeah. actually had a good concept and they mucked that up. That could have been good. somehow they really right. enjoyed that. Like, I don't know, I think... Yeah. I think Easy Allies were quite up on Wildlands, and it was a good idea. Good idea, but they totally went like the fun thing about Tom Clancy games was they went a bit hardcore in the back mm. of the day. Like, oh, especially oh, God, Ghost, yeah, you, especially you, Ghost Recon. Yeah, yeah. The, some of so, the original Tom Clancy's were proper yeah. hardcore. So if they'd gone, if they'd gone medium hardcore open world Ghost Recon, that would have been great. But, but they sort of didn't. No, they didn't. It's not hardcore. They at basically all. made it's the like, division in a different setting. It's <laughs> like more more casual than freaking Far Cry that game. <laughs> yeah, you're probably yeah. right. Anyway, so that's a good shout. I haven't even got it on my notable not played list. So it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, super yeah. forgotten. Yeah. Okay. Um, we forgot about Ghost Recon. What, what about uh, Injustice Two? Uh, no, I don't. I, I, I've had that. I know that's a thing. 
Yeah, okay. Was sufficiently remembered. Yeah. No, I think there was. It will come up a little later, actually, in in some respects, because I think there was enough of a conversation around how some of that game was structured that it became, at least in circles of you know podcasts and things we would listen to and pay attention. For me personally, I think there was enough of a conversation around Injustice Two that it sticks with you a little bit. Hmm. Even if it doesn't necessarily live up to the sum of the promise that the first game had in some ways. Now I know there's another category that we did one year, uh, which we may be doing shortly for most mayor. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I, have, yeah. I have got a meth list as well, and yeah. this one may fit into that as well. But what about Pyre? <laughs> that's mm, no, that's definitely a meh. I, <laughs> okay. I, I wouldn't say that's forgotten. So what do we got? What do we I mean, it's forgotten in terms of people didn't like it as much as other. Yeah, super. Is it super giant or super massive? Super giant. Super giant. It's like it definitely hasn't. Like Bastion was obviously a big deal. Transistor was a massive deal for for many people. Pyre doesn't seem to have had that effect. No, no. Bastion was better. So we'll come back to that one. Anyway. That's a good. That's a good pick. Here's one that's like. Maybe forgotten because, like, what the hell even was it? Did we ever know? What, what about Matterfall? That came out this year. Good job. That was another Housemark. That was the other Housemark game. Right? Yeah. That got totally overshadowed by Next Machina. Yeah. Because they sort of came out at the same time. Yeah. It was just like, what? Because that was that weird... Because they showed it in that E3 trailer, and everyone was like, what the hell is this? And it looks weird, but maybe cool. What even is that? And then there, there was just, like, nothing about it from there, that point onwards and then it just came out <laughs> it's like well I guess no one cared yeah I do remember there being more hype about that than than there ended up actually being when it came, when it was released yeah it's not not a terrible shout I can't remember what that game I have no visual representation no. of that game in my head no I, all I remember is the E3 trailer stuff yeah. which is obviously not representative of the game in any way well I mean maybe it is but maybe not, not that much I'm sure it's a trailer I thought of another one yeah Lawbreakers yeah because that was forgotten by not just that was just forgotten by the world no one paid attention to it <laughs> breaking the law breaking maybe. the law I mean despite the fact I played the alpha and thought this game seems alright I don't care. <laughs> There's Nak 2 and Hob. Nak 2, baby! Nak 2 was only removed because of because memes. Because of Dunkey. Nak 2's not forgotten. That comes up a lot. Um, because of memes. Yeah. Because of memes, yeah. And also, I would say... <laughs> Hob is known for the wrong reasons, right? Hob is known because Runic were closed immediately afterwards. <laughs> I suppose, yes. That um, does kind of make you remember it a bit. Yeah. It's not the right reason for it to be on a memorable list because it, yeah, it kind of overshadows what that game actually was—a middling platformer adventure game, effectively, right? Yeah, right? I guess so. I think that's probably it, unless you want to put something like Bubsy on there. <laughs> oh no, I, 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 I remember the Bubsy play. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So, for honour, I've actually forgotten what it was from the start of when we were talking about this just now, so... <laughs> but that's not... <laughs> Ghost Recon's clearly more... Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm with you there. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, although I... I that, and that, also, I, like, it, it sort of looks like... PUBG, <laughs> you know, yeah, superficially. Kind of, yeah, that kind so, of weird, yeah. like slightly too saturated. Yeah, uh, yeah. soldiers in also a brown. open world, <laughs> color and brown. The so next gen filter. Yeah. So like they've actually merged in. And also, it's like 
Ghost, Ghost Recon this year is a lot like um, Rainbow Six Siege last year, where it's like it had almost the same arc, where it's like people oh. were enthusiastic and it's like uh, no, not quite. They need to get <laughs> back. But, to... but Siege at least came back for thanks, True. To, thanks to post support, and I have heard some people having that same experience with Wildlands. Yeah, as in a few months down the line, they had patched it to the point where it was better enough that you could consider it in a positive light. Yeah, they might fix this situation because like. The, the old Ghost Recon was, argue, depending on your point of view, too hardcore for like consoles. I didn't get on with it. No, I, whereas, I enjoyed it because of its hardcoreness in multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. but Which was a very as, specific thing to set up in the old Xbox days. But I don't want to be playing, uh, what was it called, Operation Flashpoint on an Xbox, or no, you know what I mean. Yeah. Whereas like Graw, that kind of 360 time, Rainbow mm. Six Vegas, they got the balance right. I think you're right. And then since then they've gone too casual. So get back to it and... But then I liked that they sort of added those semi-hardcore co-op modes in Graw, mm. which there wasn't enough of because there was like only four levels or something. Yeah, but I mean... But that stuff was great. That was cool. we, had, we had a good fun with that. Graw was weirdly good. I played quite a lot of Graw, mysteriously, mm. and it was weirdly good. It was Although if you played it now, it would be super clunky. Yeah. But they'd fix that like if they made a new one. I tried playing through Graw. Graw 2? No, I didn't oh. play Graw to any Graw 2, but I played through the first Graw nearly twice. Yeah, because I did a hard mode run. Yeah, and I don't do that with a lot of games. No, that game was and mysteriously good. If you went back to it, it would look terrible. <laughs> I, I couldn't finish it because no. it was too hard. Yeah, <laughs> but but cool. And its multiplayer was like I don't know if you ever dealt in, dug into Graw's multiplayer. It was surprisingly a lot like Counter Strike in well, many ways, but with Graw movement mechanics and also kind of worked. So, most forgotten of the year is Ghost, Ghost Recon. Recon Wildlands. Yeah, I yeah. think that's that's a good shout because the moment you said it, it was just like, oh yeah, cool. So now the, the more, slightly more important list: the don't care, <laughs> the, the most meh. meh, most meh. So Pyre, as we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good shout yep. on this list. Uh, but I've Sonic also, Forces. I've got Sonic Forces <laughs> in there. Oh god. Basically, because. <laughs> I've put it in there, and I've also put it as a disappointment later, so we'll talk about that then. But yeah. because just because, I don't know, I think it's amplified by the fact that Sega seemed to be going in the right direction, and then very clearly weren't at one point, so everyone's just like, eh. And, and or actually, what happened was Sonic Mania came out, right? And, 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 and when Sonic Mania came out, it just made everyone go, oh, that other game's going to be rubbish. I don't think that it really counts for most meh, because... As always with the Sonic, even with Sonic Mania happening, the, you have the automatic reaction to the Sonic games where it's like, you have to be super cautious. So I'm I not guess, sure it's yeah. most meh. It's like, it is meh. But I don't know about most meh. We were prepared for how terrible it Yeah, we were prepared yeah. for it to be bad and for us not then, therefore, not to get it. <laughs> I guess, yeah, yeah. Which is unusual for us, put it that way. A Sonic game came Well, I'm up, sure but... at some point we will end up playing it and probably making videos. <laughs> I think yeah. Destiny 2 is a bit unfair. By all accounts, it's better than the first one. And we'd probably be us, more into it. We'd probably be more into it than we were. Don't you think? I, I, I think, bet if you I got think, it, you would play it. I think Destiny 2 would be more... It, and by the sound, has been more appealing to me mm. than the first game. But not. I think as a collective, as the salad... Destiny 2, I think it's still, we just don't sort of, don't really care about it. But again, I think that may not be a case of most meh. I don't think that might just be continuing meh. It's like, we didn't really care about Destiny 1, so yeah. we haven't been made no, right care about they, Destiny 2. We, we, have, we haven't been made hype. Yeah. I guess that's true. Because yeah. they screwed it up from the beginning. Because Halo Wars 2 turns up here as well, in my list. 
Again, yeah, not sure yeah. how much meth that is. No, you're right, you're right. Um, all units. <laughs> yeah, all units. Does it have all units? Yeah, it does. It does oh, have okay. Units. Well, that's not meh then. No. <laughs> that's, that's, all, that's all you need. It says all units. Uh, Prey. Prey? Seems to be a big deal to some people. And I don't is, really... is that a kind of game any of us would have liked at all anyway? I don't know, because it's sort of Bioshocky, sort of system socky, socky, shocky. <laughs> system socky. But then don't. Are we a bit meh on Bioshock as well? I'm not sure. What do you mean? Infinite was all right. Yeah, and it's you know, just... the first two games were all oh, right. Yeah, no, they're yeah, good. They're yeah. good games. I, I agree. It's just I never like got into them to the extent of like a Deus Ex or something. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, yeah, there was always something a little off about mm. the Bioshocks in terms For of me, how they was. felt. Which other people don't agree. They think no, they're no, the no. best games ever, but I totally do. And Infinite was like one of those ones where everyone thought it was great and then they, they realised how shallow it was afterwards or whatever. Or, like... And, and like, fucked up things in the story, like um, the, the Resistance leader being... You know, what's her name? Uh, oh, the leader right. of the Vox Populi. Yeah. Being evil after all and it being... Well... Like, being, or whatever being about well, no, it. Well, no, it was all messed up. If we want Daisy. to talk about, yeah, the storyline of Infinite, actually, mm. the realisation that most of it is pointless mm. is actually kind of a bit of a drag. Exactly. As cool as I think that ending is, and I love the ending to Infinite, I, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. one of the, the positives on that ridiculous ending. Yeah, but all the light But houses. it does make... It's one of those endings that makes me not ever want to play that game yeah. again in many ways because it's like the, the, enti- the quite lengthy run-up to that moment yeah. is rendered mostly pointless. Yeah. Anyway, don't need to talk about that. Yeah, no. But pr- I think Prey in so many ways feel, feels like it would be that game to me. Yeah. Um, despite the fact, you know, a lot of people say that actually, conceptually and narratively, it's doing some very clever things about making you ask... Uh, okay, spoiler alert. I know, because I know some stuff about this. Uh, even though I haven't played it. At the start of the game, it asks you a psychological test that the game then basically makes you play those questions. and you, But you're not really sort of aware of it, if you know what I mean. All the questions it asks you right yeah. at the start of the game are choices or actions you take through gameplay as it goes on, culminating in a final choice that at first smells like a dial-in ending, but is actually playing into all of those things that you've been doing throughout the course of the game, yeah. making you question what your original choices were, except it's not explicitly spelt out like that, so I guess most players would just not see that side to it over the course of a fairly lengthy FPS, which is both interesting and possibly not executed as well as they hoped. But So there should be things to, for some of, you know, the, the, I don't know, the narrative sides of us, the more intellectual sides of us three. Should, could probably like get into and be like, oh, I see what they're doing there. That's clever. But I still look at that game and go, I don't really want to have clunky combat with weird scribbles in space that can be mugs. Because they do that. Mm. They can be mugs and toilet paper and stuff. <laughs> toilet paper aliens. Uh, what else we got? South Park? So is meh like like things that we ought to care about, but in, in yeah, but kind we don't. of yeah. It's like uh, because because I'm sure there are a billion games that we could just put in this list to be like, oh no no, we, we just, literally don't know anything we literally about. don't you know, couldn't give to to. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because like we've got a disappointing category as well. Yeah, 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 we do. Yeah, it's like that. It's con- that's that's <laughs> not quite the same. Yeah. Okay. Because obviously I'm meh about 
Mass Effect or whatever. Because <laughs> the, yeah, the disappointing yeah. character has yeah. games we do care about that ended up being bad. Mm. Is the difference, right? Oh, I see. Whereas this is where we don't care at all. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Or not, or not, but or not so, enough. But yeah. we're surprised that we, care we, don't, that we don't care. Mm. Which is, it's not really a positive. It's not really a negative. We just, it just hasn't really grabbed us for some reason. Ah, uh, so South Park. Yeah, because we're kind of big on the on. I mean, both of us really enjoyed that last game, right? I reckon that the Stick of Truth was pretty great. Additions to the new one look pretty good, Mm. and I watch to the additions to the mechanics. And I I don't mind the new theme of the superheroes versus the fantasy. That's fine, and they've been building that up in the in the in the show as well. So I think it seems potentially interesting. But why were you not enthusiastic as the first game? Uh, because it's more. Yeah. Sequelitis. Yeah. And also South Park in general is slightly saturated because it's it's gone on a long time at this point and like not everything is gold. I guess, but that, that first game I suppose oh well, yeah, actually maybe that this leads into it. That first game was probably one of the first times they made something that was actually felt like the show. Yeah, right. That's they, true. They, finally, so was, they finally made a game. There's the novelty value of them making yeah. a game that was true to the show and like fully and as funny as the show and referential from yeah. the first early days of the show. And I think that this is the trick here. Like that, that yeah, the first game in, invokes for fans of South Park invokes a nostalgia of what it once was. Of all of South Park, yeah. Whereas, Whereas the new one is more focused, I from, from what stuff. I know, yeah, on more of the more true. recent plot lines. That's true, that which may true. not be as appealing. No, because people have fallen off the show, so... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not met on it, though. Okay, that's, that's fair enough. So, basically, it's Pyre. Yeah. Well, were we met... Pyre about... seems like a good candidate, because I like Bastion. <laughs> I think that might win, but were we super met about, like, Forza 7? If you disregard the loot box controversy, was it like, we've had enough Forza at this point? So, I, I was kind of hoping that would be good. Like loot boxes aside, right? Because yeah. I've not, I've not uh, Forza Five was the last mainline Forza game I picked up and played. Um, so I thought I was kind of in the mood for one, and then Seven happened, <laughs> and then you didn't care. Yeah. So maybe it does fit this category, right? <laughs> maybe. But, <laughs> but I think I don't care for very specific reasons, which means I sort of care. <laughs> you see what I mean? Like I, I don't care because the loot box stuff kind of ruined it, right? Hmm. It's like the actual... Un- it's frust- What it is is frustrating. And that implies a level of... Caring. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because, like, underneath, that driving model is still great, right? How the cars actually drive, how the stuff hurts, but it's the structure around it that has supposedly ruined it. Hmm. So I would almost put that into a disappointing state. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Yeah. So any more ideas for that? No, I think we got our list. Do I, do I want to bring up Shadow of War this early? Because you were... No, you, did you, you didn't get on with Mordor, did you? No. I bounced off Mordor. Yeah. I don't yeah. think, <laughs> think anybody was, was infused about that. Right. I think I was, I was hypersensitive as well to like them the law, fucking so. with the law, and yeah. apparently this one has absolutely gone potty with the, with the law. Um, so I definitely don't want to... Because that would annoy me so much. I don't want to go near that. Do I, do, okay, here we go. Let's, let's throw out some rather random names just to just to see if they stick here. Um, 
<laughs> Do I want to put PUBG in at this point? For what? Meh? For don't care. Uh, I don't know. Do we not care? Because mm. despite it possibly being one of the best games of the year to some people, I don't think I really... I'm not sure I want to play it. Not because I dislike it. I'm just not sure it's interesting enough. Or Yeah, it could be a meh. Surprised you haven't given it a try, Zeke. I'm surp- well, we can just throw the Overwatch argument in at this point, can't we? Like, <laughs> well, he did try Overwatch. Nice, I guess, yeah. Well. I For free, like... I suppose there's a buy-in with PUBG, you can't... <laughs> I suppose. Well, we, yeah, I guess that would have been even in the earlier phases. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I see the appeal of the Battle Royale thing in general. <laughs> I think that's the actual problem with yeah. that game type. Because... <laughs> My first impressions of Fortnite Battle Royale that I played last night. But I could that's, I don't know if that's a reflection on Fortnite or if it's a reflection on the format. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like it just it, I mean, that's not necessarily to talk about it in this category, but like the it seems like really the only reason it became a big thing to like all the other, all like other sites doing their game years and stuff is it was the same situation that people complained about when like Mario Maker was getting game of the year stuff where it's like you only think it's that good because you have a community to do things with and stream to and <laughs> like if you're playing that by yourself it's maybe not as good but it's still good. That's what you mean. <laughs> so for those that engage the community, for instance, that adds such a, an amount to it that it yeah. elevates it above the quality of the actual mechanics underneath. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's there's something to that. There's an argument to that, right? It, the People can make a game, right? And they can break a game if it's like a community is too toxic. I mean, that is basically right what the game made how PUBG good the game that is. popular with yeah. the screamers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like freaking Rick and Morty fans ruining Rick and Morty. <laughs> yep. Bastards. Except the opposite. <laughs> What, you mean Rick and Morty ruining the fans? No, no, I meant <laughs> the fans making the game more popular rather than less popular. I guess, yeah. Uh, so there's that. Does Mass Effect land here? Because uh, it's, uh, the reason why I'm raising that now is because I'm not sure it fits in disappointing because of the pure fact that we all called that it was going to be bad. Well, I think this is the Mass Effect must be like a transitional one. It was, it was disappointing to start with and then... Or, well, no, it was kind of meh to start with and then became disappointing. Like, That's we didn't, true. We didn't, we've always suspected... Because when it came out, like, there was a moment of like, oh, shit, what this if looks it's like good? Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there was a trailer where it was like, hmm, like, if there was a good Mass Effect game, even though this plot seems ludicrous, I well, could the, probably as soon get as on board. The, as soon as there was the plot, as soon as you knew anything about the plot, that was when you started to think meh. Because it was like, oh, they're doing this awkward way to reboot the Recent thing. Recent reboot, yeah. And it's like, oh, that we heard that like, quite early on, didn't yeah. we? And we were like, that's a bad idea. And that, then, seemed, that was where the mess started setting in. And then yeah. once it actually got close to being released and you started to see what it was like, that was where the disappointment happened. <laughs> All right, well, let's come back to that one then. I think, uh, I think that does it for me, actually. Yeah, probably. Seems like Pi was a good candidate. Yeah. Especially given how much we like Bastion yeah, and, and Transistor. And how much we're a fan of that studio in general. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I love their style, I love the narration style. I like the ideas of Pyre a lot. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if 
at least one of us plays it at some point when it gets cheap. <laughs> <laughs> that classic classic problem. When you get to pee in the Steam list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Pyre, our most unfortunate, awesome. Most meh. Most meh, yeah. For, for, for some reason. Uh, I think I'm going to change my ordering slightly and because we covered some of it then we'll, let's, let's just get disappointing out of the way let's do all the negative stuff I know Woo! I know but like because we've sort of already touched on it I think it's probably a good idea to keep that keep that conversation going okay so uh, let's open with Mass Effect let's expand on that um, do we need to expand on that, is it, is everyone, that, is that everyone, really? everyone knows the situation with Mass Effect don't they yeah people know but like, it's, yeah. it's, it's more that what was once a um, I don't know and it a symbol of the quality titles that Bioware... Well, it was Bioware's flagship. Well, game. yeah, and, but it was a combination of everything they'd done before, right? They, Bioware yeah. were known to be great thanks to KOTOR, yeah. and, you know, every game they made after KOTOR was, in many ways, great. You know, KOTOR 2, uh, you know, sort of wasn't Bioware directly, but, you know, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, Jade Empire, yeah, good game. Um, and that was all leading up to Mass Effect, and, yeah. then, and then that and trilogy was... Pretty good. Yeah. Mass Effect 2 especially, of course. It was, it was uh, Our the, game of the year. <laughs> for uh, 2011 or whatever that was. Whatever that year that was. Yeah. But yeah, do you know what I mean? That was, it, it felt like Bioware hitting their stride to do exactly what they do and be the best at it. Mass Effect Andromeda comes along and has, in theory, all the hallmarks of that we, last we game. We knew it. We saw it coming. Because we knew but that... But launches the, in a horrific buggy mess. We knew Bio, Bioware isn't, isn't the Bioware same thing anymore. anymore. Yeah. And they're an EA like machine who's been, and they said you've got to use the Frostbite engine, which is fine, but it they just like they really awkwardly like that's the thing that it's like do you think do you think there's a good way to do more Mass Effect after Mass Effect three or do you think there's they, like, well, we, we always uh, said that was the fundamental yeah. mistake they made was to try and invent a reboot a reboot thing yeah <laughs> well yeah I th- Mass Effect is. I think the universe of Mass Effect is rich enough that they could have done more things with it. Right? Yeah. So I'm not against the idea of them having another game or another trilogy or something, some other take on that universe. Mm. Maybe not the same game, even. Maybe they go spin off something else, but just use the Mass Effect universe. Yeah. I'm in no way against that. Um, the way that what they chose to do as a story yeah. seems a bit odd. Like... Uh, traveling. Okay, someone try and try and remind me what it was because I just remember. Well, the idea of, was that... traveling, like daddy issues immediately again. Just one of my bugbears about narratives is just like it's always daddy issues because like you're you're <laughs> a, you someone going across issues. the galaxy to try and figure out what your dad had done in this other part of the. I don't know if you call that daddy issues. It was more like trying to find your family. What was that like, crappy like? Um... Spectre replacement? Pathfinder. Pathfinder. Oh, he's oh, okay, a Pathfinder. It. Oh, great. With a computer in my head. Well, sometimes in your head. Sometimes in your head, okay. Oh, dear. Sad times. With unending stares <laughs> and tired faces. Yep, your face is real tired. <laughs> that might be my best, my best phrase of the year. My face is tired. Oh, boy. That was what I found playing through the start of Mass Effect 2 again. It's like, you know, even if the face is a bit wooden, it's like you, the the acting or whatever in the radio play that you're listening to is pretty good. In oh, yeah, many what, places. the vocal acting. Yeah, I mean, all yeah, the yeah. vocal acting. And that just didn't seem the case for this one. Nope. At all. Well, you um, only have to look at some of the scenes from the opening in, like, in the how 
exaggerated and weird the facial expressions are for like of of Shepard waking up. Well, and I know that's partly Oh not Shepard, yeah, whoever <laughs> that Shepherd, is. Yeah. Riker or something like that or the real problem that Andromeda, yeah. Andromeda had with the faces was when they tried to make just faces with no voice. <laughs> when they were just trying to express silently, mm. that was when it was the most obvious of how terrible it was. Because mm. oh. just look at this face making weird faces. Don't get me wrong, they have an uphill struggle, right? If you're going to put a face generator in your game, having it so that animates. They to to the best quality. Yeah. I know they've done it before, but right, yeah. You know, if you want to, if you're going to ever take a model like that, it's never going to compare to the best of the best, right? It's no. not going to be. Doesn't need to. It's not going to be uncharted level elevation. No, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be though. It no. just needs to be enough uh, to 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 make you not think about it. Mm. That's all you need. Even if that means going for a more um, stylized graphical style, just to make the game work, rather yeah, than yeah, going yeah. for like ultra frostbite. Everything looks like exactly like Star Wars or whatever. And let's also not forget Mass Effect suffers from one of those um, bullshot trailer uh, effect. As in, they put a trailer out that looked way better than the final game at one point. With where they, but the, the, that there was a cutscene that made it into the final game that is shot for shot the same as what the trailer was showing, but the graphical fidelity had been downgraded so much from that thing. Mm. That uh, you know, and and it, it's kind of that, that. That's not a good look in the wake of the games that you know. Watch this. This generation of games have done that too frequently for a lot of people. A bit like Watch Dogs and Aliens and with the Big Two, and this did it as well. And it's like, hey, we got this right, and then we somehow corrupt. We somehow broke it for the final game. <laughs> they didn't do so, it as badly, though. No, no, no. It's, it's Mass Effect. It was like just a couple of scenes. It was not actually much content in that trailer, anyway. Really, there was not a lot. The, the <laughs> thing is, is yeah, there was not a lot in the trailers that you know, in a game of that size. I suppose they didn't. They didn't actually put out that many trailers, did no. they? Really. Um. So there's that. Bit of a bummer for a series we all like. Uh, speaking of series as we like that were a bit of a bummer, Dirt 4. Yep. Talk to me about Dirt 4, Zach. Well, the problem with Dirt 4 was that they they made Dirt Rally, and that's, like, that's pretty awesome. Pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> they somehow pulled that off, and in a, in a very weird, unusual style for like Code Masters, I guess. Mm. Like Sh- early access and weird... like A shadow drop early access. Yeah. And, and actually... Updating in a way that the community wanted them to, actually listening to feedback and mm. like, and then like all the wheel, like doing all the effort to make people's wheels work, like a whole shit ton of different wheels. Mm. Like they actually cared for a minute, <laughs> <laughs> for a hot second. It felt like the Codemasters of old was back. But then when they came to Dirt Four, they gave themselves they gave themselves a perfect opportunity, like a perfect excuse. For combining the previous dirt, like dirt free stuff with dirt rally stuff by having the very precise distinction between not like casual and simulation, simulation mode. But when they did that, somehow they actually managed to make the simulation mode worse when you would have thought they would have just taken what was in dirt rally and made that better. But instead they somehow made it actually worse. Mm. <laughs> so all the people who liked the dirt rally simulation got pissed off and then when you actually looked at the game, it was like it had good ideas, but they just didn't execute very well in general. 
It's like the random chat track generator was a really good idea. That, just and, not- that, and that should definitely come back. They should do. They should yeah. work on that and make that stronger. But it was like so first generation of that idea. It was like yeah, this yeah. just isn't actually as good as you want it to be. Right. Yeah. Handcrafted tracks would have been way nicer in specific like in specific ways ways that rally needs them to be like the way that all the randomly generated track generator pieces the road is basically always the same width and it's just like that just feels really wrong when you're doing the rally it's like you need bits that are tighter and bits that are wider even though in rally it's all tight but Uh, (laughs) comparatively tighter and wider yeah and as we talked about it before it's even if you have a set number of pieces that describe the road and just the road the scenery scenery around it needs to have variants um on those and that hides in, in, in many ways, that hides the fact that they're using pieces, right? If the tree isn't where it is sometimes. Yeah. You can't have the visual, the same visual reference for, oh, here comes that piece, I know when to turn it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically like a track generator of old, right? They haven't, they just, they, they've, they've made a track generator that made it so it sticks the pieces together randomly. Yeah. Um, needs work. But I love the idea. It's it's where rally should go. It's where these games should. It's the direction these games should take for sure. Yeah. Um. But it's not there. It's not there. Yeah. Um. And the fact that they, they gave themselves that out and they still fucked up the simulation. It was like the things that were better in the Dirt Four simulation were like the things that you wanted to be better, like the weight of the cars. Was felt a lot better in Dirt Four, like when you flipped or rolled or crashed into things, it right, felt yeah, better. That's good because that's one of my major problems with Rally. But like the the overall simulation was just worse, and it's like I mean probably that was why. Oh well, like maybe, they made maybe the weight better, it. but they couldn't reconcile that with the Dirt Rally simulation to make it work in right, the same right. way. That there was some accident accidental side effect of their center of gravity or whatever it is that made that feel wrong because in dirt rally i think makes the handling they changed that part but then they would have had to adjust everything about the handling model to make the change in weight work yeah and they didn't because it's like in in dirt rally the reason it feels as good as it does even though you when you crash you realize the weight of the cars is retarded yeah the reason it feels as good as it does in dirt rally is because they had the like the downforce compensating for the weight, essentially. Mm. Like the down, the aerodynamic downforce effect of the cars compensates for the weight, which is why it feels great when you're on the ground driving along. Mm. But as soon as you, while your wheels go off the ground, it feels completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they couldn't, maybe when they tried to fit like actual weight physics into it, it just didn't combine well or something. Mm. <laughs> Who knows? I thought it, also thought it was weird when they were, before Dirt 4 came out, there was a few trailers and whatnot, and they had, like, their regular, like, let's bring in Mickey Griss and some other rally drivers or whatever to be big up the game or whatever. And, you know, I mean, at some point you're paying people to say things, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why did they like it so much? <laughs> it's also, like, I know we video- we did a quick video of it, and I think I said at the time that, in some- at least compared to Dirt Rally, it's got that some of that Codemasters flair that was missing from Dirt Rally in yeah. terms of presentation. It's more like an actual game rather than yeah. just a but tech it, demo. But it's still not Codemasters' best on that front either. It feels a little more half baked than the cra- the all out presentation of Dirt Two, well, which is still my personal fave. Yeah, but they didn't have as Dirt Two or even bit- Dirt One. Dirt One's crazy arrows. That two benefits from like uh, having an opportunity to be more crazy. It's like more crazy, but not like dirt free crazy. 
Yeah, Dirt Three is. I, I get. I. I can see the effort that was put into Dirt Three. I just didn't like that aesthetic as much. No. But you know, it's evident that they put they put the work in right to like, present it to all hell. But Dirt Four was just meant to be like Dirt Rally, but as if it was an actual game. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. like nice, nice, fancied up enough to be like these menus are actually functional and <laughs> and to sell a little better on console. Yeah, effectively. Okay, yes. <coughs> yeah. What else? Uh, do we want to talk about Formula Fusion? Or do I want to talk about Formula Fusion? What the point? Uh, what a fall from grace for Studio Liverpool developers. I think that's maybe a bit too of a deep, like, knowledge for your disappointment. Because it's a bit... The thing is, it's, it's proper disappointing for me, because, yeah, it's old Studio I mean, it's... Liverpool devs making a Wipeout-style game. <laughs> it should have been good. and And in some ways... The, the pitch was that they were going back to some of the original vision for yeah. Wipeout, which is to make it more like a future sport, make it more, hence the name, a bit like Formula One in some ways. And, you know, uh, I, I don't quite know what that means, but whatever. Uh, you know, have have ship customization, have interesting tracks, have slightly tighter handling, slightly less floaty handling, um, some of which came to pass. But I also know that that studio had a lot of trouble during the dev cycle. They had a problem with investment running out or being pulled halfway through the dev cycle. So I assume at some point they had to severely downsize what they were making. And it's and noticeable. <laughs> the end result feels unfinished. Like, just, just not good. You put it next to last year's Red Out, um, which was made by a completely unknown studio... Uh, I don't know, I can't, which I can't even remember their name, like Rule 34 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Probably not that. But it was a number of some description. And while that game didn't necessarily make the best first impression on me, Red Out really grew on me and became, a, you know, I thought, <laughs> I thought it was a very solid anti-grav racer by the end of playing it, to the point where I 100%ed it, like its original campaign, anyway, before they started DLCing it. Um, ugh. I don't ever want to play Formula Fusion again. It just kind of blows. Mm. And the super cheaty last races against the beast, I have no idea how you're supposed to do. That, that, that guy moves way faster than humanly possible. And, well, on... Then again, it might actually be possible, but... Those tracks are so fast and actually overly twisty for the speed you're, you're well, driving the f- at that they're just no fun to get around. It's the fact that, mm. like, literally the AI can't handle it. That's what well, makes there's, that there's, whole thing seem stupid. There's one part of one of the tracks that the AI can't handle because it's travelling too fast and constantly crashes, and that is the only way you can win that race is because the AI balls it up. Yeah. It, dra- it drives way faster than you can the rest of the time. And then you've got two more races of that to do in that championship, which you can't do because the AI doesn't balls up. Uh, it's just a, it's just a real bummer for me personally because I had high hopes. I really did, and it sucks. <laughs> so yeah, Formula Fusion, bit of, real, real, real bummer for me. Uh, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. We had a passing interest in. Yeah, again, like how we were talking about with the mech, actually, it's like, I don't think that's a real disappointment. Like we were, it, it did start to start to go wrong. 
we, yeah, we, we noticed it, and yeah. we and we also like we were only passingly interested in the previous games because it was weird. It's like it was a one-off thing where we were like, "This is weird. Let's try this." And it's like this is quite fun this for is, its this weirdness. Is, this is pretty great, yeah. but we weren't really invested in the series or anything. No, <laughs> like Tekken, it's just like yeah, yeah, they're yeah. sometimes good games, but it's like we don't really care. <laughs> no, they're just fun to pick up and dick around with for a bit. That's my approach to fighting games in general, right? They're just fun to muscle make up. Uh, and I'm sure that's the the same for quite a lot of people, right? They pick up a fighting game not because they actually want to get street, good. street Fighter level skills. Yes, they just want to have a good time and mess up their mates a little bit. Yeah. And uh, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom three in particular for us was that it's good fun. It's more fun when we know very little about what we're doing. Yeah. Um, you need to know just. Hence the, why the story the-, uh, the story mode in Infinite sounded like the draw this time, right? Because it's like. Oh, they're doing that that cool Neversoft thing <laughs> that Neversoft do so so well with. Oh, sorry, not Neversoft, Never Realm, um, do so well with the Mortal Kombat and Injustice games. So this would be a good reason to play this, but it's Marvel, and it'll be all crazy crossovers and jokes because Capcom. Ah, it's rubbish, and no one likes the story part, and apparently it's the worst part of the game. <laughs> And also they changed the visual style. I don't like the change in no, style. Yeah. Marvel vs. Capcom 3 nailed it. Why did they... They made it more bland. Yeah, what a disappointment. Ugh. But still maybe not that much of a disappointment. The good news is, is that the Ultimate Edition of Marvel vs. Capcom 3 came out on PC this year. <laughs> so you can play that instead. Good news. Yeah. Uh, joke entries. Ukulele. Just because, you know, this is what was supposed to be the return to form for the, again, uh, again, like, the collect-a-thon platform. Was it most disappointing when you kind of could see it coming in that way? I don't think anyone quite realised just how bland it turned out. Sure. I think they were like, oh, this is going to revive the good old days of Banjo-Kazooie. Which I, I you know, have, I played Banjo, the first Banjo, not that it long ago. It seems more like this is the same situation as... as Form with the fusion, basically. Mm. You, you, they, yeah, yeah. It was the pedigree, and you were like, "Yeah, they can do it," but then they can't do it. <laughs> Even though Platonic actually do have some of the major, some of the key people from Banjo and Rare of old. Um, so yeah, bit of a bummer. Just turns out to be kind of empty. Uh, Micro Machines World Series. Because in, in some <laughs> no. ways, this looked like it could have been a good Micro Machines game. Okay, that was one reason where it was marginally more disappointing, was that it did seem like they were going back to how Micro Machines should have been, except then they didn't. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in many ways, they get close, which is the painful thing with this. Yeah. Because th- you can play that multiplayer mode in the classic way, and it's still good. Just not as good as V3. But yeah, I still like... Again, not most disappointing. No. Somewhat disappointing. Yeah. There, there was a semblance of hope there for a moment. Uh, Sonic Forces? Same situation. Yeah. It's like somewhat disappointing, but not most disappointing. There was a semblance of hope from me, because it basically looked like Generations 2. Yeah. Right up to the point where I played it at EGX. And was like, the Sonic stuff seems good. The Avatar stuff seems really bad. Or the custom character, whatever you want to call it. Seems really bad. <laughs> so that fell into the, the Sonic disappointment hole. 
which we're you know we're quite which we're is quite, filling up at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's a pretty comfy place in there. There's there's the whole three piece suites made of discarded Sonic Boom discs. That's my list. What are you feeling? Were we most disappointed by? I guess again, this is the same situation with the mech category, but I guess we weren't most disappointed by Battlefront Two because we were already not in for Battlefront One. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? It's it is worth mentioning here, I think, actually, because I got I think a little bit more hype than I was expecting. Well, it's because they said the right things at E3. They're like, it's going to be free DLC, and we're going to have more content than the original game. Story mode and a story mode (laughs) that looked competent from the acting. That had been that they'd shown us. I'm still most hyped for the Starfighter Assault mode. I think that looks actually quite fun. Mm. Still, and like I don't need all that DLC bullshit. So like, it's not like I was ever gonna like be grinding for that shit anyway. Personally, like uh, it's like fine. I, I mean, apart from the fact that it's play to win, which is stupid. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm not even. Side. I'm not even going that far into like, that hole just yet. But, but yeah. like, I don't need the. I, I'll just fly an X-wing. I don't need the like super melody of Falcon or something, <laughs> the super Tickly, melody. or whatever, whatever it is. I don't know. What no, do you no, pay for? Know. What do you pay for with that shit? Um, just heroes and stuff. Yeah, and well, like, oh, the Millennium yeah. Falcon is like a hero. It's, it's, that's what it's like I mean. A spaceship hero. Spaceship that's hero. what I mean. It's like yeah, you, there is that, and there are basically upgrades. What is it? You can't play as Darth Vader or something. Not, whatever. Not until you've bought him with loads of money. That's fine. I mean, I mean, it's not fine, but it's for not me, fun. it's. I don't really care. Uh, I'd rather know. I'd rather no one could play as Darth Vader. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would be better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it counts. I think it hangs here just because I got that little bit hype about it, and it. I don't know that E3 demo of them on Naboo that didn't seem too bad. I got no. that battle. It looks good. I, I got it looks that, fun. I, yeah, I got I got that battlefield vibe from it. And I mean, it's obviously always going to be simplified versus Battlefield. Sure. And there's always going to be Battlefield to play, so you might as well just play Battlefield, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I mean, that is part of the problem. Yeah, right? but that's maybe you're not the, you know, maybe they, you're not the audience. Well, I mean, way. that's why we said the same thing about Battlefield 1, where it's like, it's disappointing that the Star Wars-ness of it wasn't, like, didn't overcome, or not overcome, mm. Didn't make us enthusiastic enough about it. It's like it's Star Wars. That should be the best thing. Yeah, I mean, it should be like if you just it's a Battlefield mod with Star Wars stuff. And it's like that should be great, but it's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, the first I mean, one... this new one is okay in comparison with yeah, the well... slight slight complexity with some class stuff. Some at of the, least some of the more fun. I uh, I only played the beta for the first Battlefront, and so I'm not exactly an expert on this, but. The more fun modes were the ones that weren't inherently battlefieldy. They were the more sort of like this is yeah. just a non-foot shootery thing. Uh, but you know, it was just very shallow. There wasn't a lot more to it than that. You know, there, there wasn't really progression. There wasn't really the it, if you wanted to fly a ship, it seemed very random with your ability to fly it. Unlike in Battlefield, where it felt a little better because you had to run to the thing and get in it. You know, the sort of floating icons on the map near the spawn to say you can get the thing. It's kind of the same thing, I know. It's like the, the plane's there or it's not, but it's there's, there's just some disconnect between, oh, now it, there's, a, there's a Darth Vader icon hovering around. Now I can be Darth Vader if I get to it first. Uh, it's, it's just something... It's, it's weird. 
Well, the original Battlefront's just you played as the heroes all the time. No. Not what the Xbox ones. The original Xbox ones. Oh. Hmm. I don't know, actually. No, that must have been non It would have been weird if it was all heroes. Because that was, I mean, I'm sure were... You, there were, you could just play as a Jedi, like, maybe, as your well, character. Yeah, maybe. I don't really remember a lot about those either. I mean, but... it could potentially have been a mode even then. Like how the Battlefront one is the hero's mode, where you just play as heroes. Right. <laughs> and I said Battlefront one as in the previous Battlefront game. <laughs> yeah, new Battlefront one. Yeah. Any more? No, I think that's probably most of them. Okie dokie. So, I, how are you narrowing that one down? No idea. Is it? Mm. Is it Mass Effect? Because that's the only one we are collectively disappointed with. It could be, yeah. Because obviously, form no, no neither of you care as much about Formula Two as I do. Even though that is my biggest disappointment, that is my biggest disappointment of the year by a country mile. But. I mean, as we said about Mass Effect, it's also the disappointment that they fucked up Mass Effect. It's not even just yeah. the disappointment of that one game. Do you think it can't be ever re-rescued now? That's the end of Mass Effect. Oh, what, you reckon they've broken the universe? I mean, they it could, but they'd have to do something really good. It could just be an average game. It could just be like... <laughs> it could just be another Mass Effect 2. It has to be better than Mass Effect 2. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, a lot of people have been saying this is the call for EA to stop shoveling Frostbite everywhere. Because, like, both that and... Need for Speed Payback apparently have some issues that can be traced back to the use of Frostbite, apparently. It's not a problem but with the engine, though. It's a problem with EA's way they make developers build games. <laughs> so, I mean, they force them to use that engine. and like the, so, well, the, no, so the Mass Effect team claimed that the, the Frostbite engine, when they got hold of it, just didn't have the animation capabilities yeah. to do what they needed to do. Yeah. So they've had to rebuild a whole load of stuff into an engine that's just not geared up for doing their style of character animation. I mean, it's not just um, being forced to use the engine, it's being forced to use the engine and then having a ridiculous time constraint that doesn't let you adapt to using the engine. <laughs> true that. Or if, they, or if like EA did a thing more like uh, Unreal and they had like, have people just making the engine essentially. If they had someone who was like, okay, for an upcoming game, we're going to need an animation engine that can do faces and stuff in Frostbite. So let me make that, and then that'll be a thing that's just part of the Frostbite engine from now on. And then yeah. you can give it to this team, and then they can use it. Hmm. True. Or Dirtfall. <laughs> Dirtfall was only disappointing from, like... Half the people, I guess, because to everyone who did care about simulation, it was just another new dirt game. Yeah, and it has been fairly highly rated. By and also, some in some people. ways, it was also to those people, it was even more good because it wasn't like showdown. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you were coming off of the bad games in between Dirt Three and Dirt Four. Yeah, see what you mean. So not quite bad enough. No. Mass Effect was bad enough. Yeah. Mass Effect, most disappointing game of the year. Yeah. I think, I think that's agreed. Sorry, Mass Effect. Not really sorry. You had a Mass Effect, yeah. and it was not the one you wanted. I'm trying to remember the last Mass time that, effect. like, when was the last time that, you know, you had a trilogy of games by a developer, and then they basically started again, and it was just as good, if not better. 
I don't know if that's ever happened. No. <laughs> it's argue, always a bad idea. You could argue that Halo nearly succeeded. No. They got very close. <laughs> Closer than Mass Effect. <laughs> no. No. Reach was the like uh, offshoot game, and that was better than than four for sure. Well, it was, but it was still like what that was still budget at that point. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, but that's yeah. They still yeah. made a new. It's the same situation with Mass Effect. Essentially, you've got a new developer. <laughs> To, yeah. make a, to restart the trilogy yeah. they failed real, They failed way worse than Halo did made up of like bits of the old developer that wanted to stay and work on the franchise and yeah. like bits of new people that they cobbled together see these, these Halo conversations do rub me the wrong way a little bit because I don't think feel like 4 and 5 are bad games well that's what I just said 4, four <laughs> is just 4 is just no I'm just saying it. 4 is just a little bit narratively weak because of their choices around how to present the didact and the librarian yeah what other franchises have tried to do this, though? Do you just keep it going? Cause Gears of War, still yeah. unproven, I suppose. Yeah, well, Gears of War 4. Yeah. Hmm. But, yeah, it's hard to argue that that's better than the previous trilogy oh, so far. Yeah. Um, but, ju- I mean, like, just as good as a sequel mm. would have been anyway. Yeah. Anyway, it's called Call of Duty is on like what? It's Call of Duty doesn't yeah. really because <laughs> it's gone way past that now. It's gone into production line mode. Well, yeah, but Call of Duty would be the perfect example, right? Yeah. Because if you think about Call of Duty four compared to yeah, the first three, that's true. <laughs> they definitely succeeded. That's true. <laughs> four as a like a reboot was brilliant. I suppose it's hard hard to argue that Assassin's Creed has been as good as its first four entries. No, it's not. Yeah. Or at least, oh, that's not, at least not say. immediately. <laughs> I mean, they maybe started getting back there by like. To be seven. fair, like Assassin's Creed One wasn't that good, so no. Anyway, but it, it was just two and. But it was so original at the time that you gave it a pass. Yeah, I'm trying to do something new. Mm. Yeah, tricky one. I don't know. We'll have to come back to that another week. <laughs> uh, moving on. What we got next? Oh, the best original music category. Happy times. Feel good. Yeah. If we can think of anything that fits in here. Now, this is obviously, this is always a slightly tricky category because I do uh, suggest that we spend some time listening to some of this beforehand rather than just describing it. It depends whether it was something that more than one of us didn't hear. Because <laughs> my first entry is Flint Hook, which neither of you will have listened to. Despite the fact it has some pretty good chiptune pirate music. Well, just like chiptune pirate music is probably enough description. Yeah, boy. <laughs> it's it's quite uh, it's got a good it's got a good theme to it. There's a sort of like you know the way uh, um, yeah. There's like there's, there's, what's what's the, what's the phrase they used to describe um, uh, like recurring sequences. Like a leap motif type. Thing. Motif. That's it. Yeah, it's got it's got some good mo- good catchy motifs that you hear in a number of places throughout the game. Um, uh, you know, some of those tunes get really stuck in my head sometimes. Like when I'm trying to sleep, and my, I've just got the pirate shop music going, sort of just in my head constantly. And it's like I need to sleep now. I don't want to buy space meat. <laughs> it's it, yeah. I mean, the music actually in Flint Hook might be its strongest element in that game. Uh, so yeah, oh, it has a really nice intro sequence where they do that. They do that sort of like old, 
um, arcade cabinet thing where they're doing like it's got big fat bold text scrolling in the background while the character gears up. You know, like all right, classic intro. And then when you see the see the the person, you know, when you see him, the music crescendos into the the main chorus. It's it's quite well done. Uh, yeah, just a good just a good use of it. Um, fits tribute style well. Uh, Hover Revolt of Gamers. It's not going to win because I think most of that sound. I have listened to that soundtrack and most of it isn't that good. But it <laughs> oh, has got bad. two Hideki Naganuma tracks on it that are that are pretty okay. Okay, <laughs> pretty okay. That's the best you can say for his track. As in, I mean, they're not as good as old Jet Set Radio stuff. Well, yeah, but they're still Naganuma tracks, and you're like, okay, that's cool. Uh, now onto some proper entries. <laughs> okay. Uh, near Automata or Automata. How are we saying that? I keep saying Automata because everyone else has been saying it like that. Although my brain is, every time I say that, it goes, no, Automata. Yeah, I would have said it Automata. Me too. Uh, yeah. Oh, I you said like some kind of automatic tomato. <laughs> Automata. Automata. <laughs> it serves itself. Uh, there's nothing quite like this soundtrack uh, this year. And it's a sort of orchestral mix, a sort of wailing choral piece, a sort of chip music piece in places. Uh, and all of it is evolving as you play through the story. So like you'll hear the same music piece in the first playthrough, and then when you're playing it through the second time as a different character, it'll be the same music piece playing, but it'll be different for that character in subtle ways. Or you'll be going through a sequence where it's playing like the oh, the escape music, but like oh, there's, so there's a bit with a um, a cult of robots effectively that want to that effectively um, decide that uh, in order to become as gods they have to die. <laughs> so they all start murdering each other and trying to murder you and throwing themselves in lava pits. And while this escape sequence is going on, the music has their chant. It's like the the escape music, but it's got their chanting along in the background, going "Become as gods, become as gods." <laughs> it's just brilliant. Uh, and you know, the moments where where it needs to be important, and you'll get like a proper standalone bit of music for the sequence that's nowhere else in the game. And uh, what's also fairly excellent is they the jukeboxes in the game where you can play all this. Take all of that into account. So you don't just pick the music track and it just plays a version of it. You can say, play this music, oh, in this style. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, play that, play the dra- play the drama version, or play the, uh, the play the ambient version of this one as it fades in between the tracks, and you can listen to them all. And it's like, it's pretty great that the flexibility of its score has been exposed to you if you really want to dig into it. Uh, it's an impressive bit of work. Um, highly recommend a listen. Uh, cheap shot entry, Sight Mania. Yep. Gotta be mentioned, because, yeah, half that soundtrack is the original Bloody Games, just remastered to sound crisper than they've ever done before. Slightly less than half, because even some, like, you know, there's some new levels. Yes. <laughs> so they had two new music. But then most of the, <laughs> but then even, like, the Act 2 of most zones is a remix of the original music so it's like a rearrangement more than a new score so I don't know if we but that's what you want and it fits the game so perfectly because the stage part two is exactly that in the level as well in the oh, level yeah, way. a rearrangement and a reimagining yeah uh, it's catchy as all hell because it's sonic music 
uh, and it's really, generally really good. And even though I had reservations about some of the new stages and some of the new themes, like Press Garden, really didn't I didn't get on with that the first time I played it. But that tune has grown on me and might be the one that has stuck in my head the most. Yeah. Um, from the whole game. Uh, not a big fan of that last zone in general and its music. Well, I think I... They went too epic. Yeah, I said it at the time. It really does go too epic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, pretty pretty great on the whole. Uh, we'd be remiss not to mention Splatoon 2. Because... Holy cow, they put so much effort into that that aesthetic mm. in, in both this and the previous game. There's probably more in this game as well than the last one in terms of like sheer content of stuff they've had to put in it. I mean, just using it as a benchmark, the Splatfest, the, the amount of musical content in Splatfest is exactly double what it was last time. <laughs> um, actually, probably more so. There's like two or three Splatfest um, battle musics, I think, now. Yeah. Uh, when there was only one in Splatoon 1, which got tedious real fast. Um, uh, and actually, in fairness, the Splatfest music, like the, the, the battle musics this time, are way better than they were the first time. But on everything else, I'm inclined to say that Splatoon 1's soundtrack was just that little bit tighter, just that little bit catchier. And there's a general disliking in the community of the new music they added. The sort of, because they went off the rails a little bit in their style. So there's some jazz fusion going on and there's some country going on with like wailing violins and people just going oi 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 in some bits. Like, <laughs> it's a it's a mighty eclectic soundtrack but it's, it's pretty great. And I went through the music jukebox in there oh, yeah. the other day and there's still tons of tracks apparently I've never yeah, heard. I don't know where most of those even exist. Yeah. What is, what is that? So, I mean, is that... Like, could that possibly... Is that DLC that's on, like, yeah. on-disc DLC? Could, could that be a case where it's like they've already actually made all that and it just... Well, I think that's what happened with the new music they released, right? And, and this this was known to be true of Splatoon 1, that the first wave of updates, the content for it, was mostly already on the disc. Like, a, a lot of the first wave of maps and weapons they added were already there and they just staggered the release of them. Possibly with the assumption that they hadn't quite finished it and that they tuned it all up for release or made some minor adjustments so the patch size was small, so they put what they had on the disc, something like that. That's all a big assumption. The cynic in me says, oh, this was all just a ploy to make it look like they're doing updates, right? The Capcom play. Um, but for that to happen in Splatoon 2, but only... But if they were going to do that in Splatoon 2, why would the music list be the one place where they expose it? Yeah, <laughs> like it is There's weird. no reason to expose it if you're going to do it. Just hide it fully. Either that, or there's just stuff we've never seen. There's just secrets or something. Or like some some specific some... combination of level and mode at some point. Or like high-ranked ranked battles have different music or something. Uh, yeah, the, leagues, <laughs> the league stuff might be different, for instance. We've not, we've not dealt with that. Or, yeah, who knows? It's... Uh, Expansive and great. Uh, even if that music mode is actually surprisingly difficult for only having like four buttons. Yeah. Um, Super Mario Odyssey. Yep. Jump with me. Grab coins with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that song was. I preferred the second song. <laughs> I 
I've only listened to it during the end sequence, yeah. so I don't really have a recollection of it. You can't hear it as well. Yeah. Once, yeah, once I went back and listened to it, I was like, oh yeah, this song is actually quite good. It's quite yeah. neat. It to... seems weird. It's pretty good. When you're doing the sequence and you're like, this is the song is telling me what to do, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> when you actually go back, it's like, oh yeah, that, that's quite, it's kind of cool. It's, uh, yeah, I need to go. I do need to go back and check that out more fully. It's, uh, it's neat that they added the... Um, I wasn't expecting them to add a music player in Mario. That's cool. Right? It's not something they normally do. Um, it's not something Nintendo normally does in general, right? There's quite a lot of stuff for Mario that they don't normally do. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Uh, and it's quite cool that you can stumble upon the Japanese version of that theme track. Yeah. Um, uh, although, uh, actually, this might be the one time where I think the English version is actually better, some yeah. better. Yeah, I, like, I think the the... Japanese woman who's singing it just doesn't... I mean, obviously we don't know Japanese, so there's no way we can actually tell, but she just doesn't sound as good a singer. <laughs> no, no, I'm with you there. <laughs> doesn't sound quite as well performed. Uh, yeah, so I don't... But other than its major highlights in music and the nostalgic bits and just the throwing those N64 songs straight back in there... Uh, I don't know if a lot of the world music really stands out, or a lot of the boss encounters, or, you know, I remember the room music, the sort of ambient, like, puzzle rooms, yeah. or the, uh, and the, or the ice caves, sort of way more than I do the actual world musics most of the time. Like, I can remember the weird surf guitars of Wood Kingdom, or whatever that place is called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was cool, although it was kind of weird for a Mario game, but I guess that's true of everything in Mario. And, and I can remember Sound Kingdom because we were playing it earlier today. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, I would, but prior to playing it today, I probably couldn't have told you any more than that, other than the Jaxi music, which is awesome. Yeah, but, there's nothing that's quite like the Bomb Battlefield level of going to be singing no, for no. years, literally. <laughs> or even like the underwater theme from... You know, the music in 64 is just so iconic. And I don't think, other than the main theme, I don't think Odyssey really matches that level. So it has the Splatoon problem in many ways. and All the music's good and fitting, but not as good as Ninty's prior work. But they did do ways. some good things with it as well. Yeah. I mean, or like, like doing the chip yeah, transitions. The 8-bit versions. Really good. Yeah, good good addition. And some of I did like the a couple of the boss fight musics. Like yeah, the, like the stupid um, UFO fight. That yeah, that's a pretty decent bit of. It's interesting it's that not that's... exactly music, I guess. But... No, 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 but it, it's it's interesting that it's in that style at all in many ways. Yeah, or uh, I don't know the, the the was it the centipede tank battle one from New, early New Donk mm. is quite different as well. Um, and I I didn't notice it the first time through when I was playing it, but like the the. Weird version of the Wooded Kingdom theme when you when you capture a tank. It has its own version of the Wooded Kingdom theme, which like takes oh. out the surf guitars and adds a weird like warbly warfy sound effect Warble. instead. I didn't notice that. I'm not sure it actually happens the first time you go through Wooded Kingdom. I think it's like if you only if you go back hmm. and then, or it's used in the. It might be used in the the boss fight at where you're opening the big gate and you have to drive the tank up there with Apple the balls. Yeah. I think that might be where it happens and you just don't notice it because you're focused on doing the thing. Yeah, and there's a lot of noise <laughs> going on. And you're like, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to check that. And there's, revisit that as and well. And in terms of, like, this was something that I saw pointed out in the comments somewhere, but in terms of effort, there's an 8-bit music version 
of the the flying squid boss fight because you can theoretically go into the pipes underwater uh, in Sea wow. Sea Kingdom during that boss fight. So not Sea Kingdom. Yeah, that is Sea Yeah, it's Sea Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> huh. It's like that only exists Just because, because you, you can do it, but there's no reason to do it because you're fighting this boss. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. That's excessive. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they, I wonder if they had to have a, one of those things they had to have a plans for or something, but they just, or they, or it is like you say, they just looked at it and thought, well, you could do this. And then the 8 bit guy's like, Ugh, all right, I'll put an arrangement <laughs> together. Because there are, you do, in the music play, you do unlock a couple of tracks that aren't used. Mm. Like the 8 bit version of that last song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you unlock those? You do the, um, I think they're from the Toad, play Toad the Right Music ones. I think oh, that's right. where you get them. He's only ever asked me to do one thing. Yeah, well, you find him in other levels. Oh. So there's other times where he'll be there and you'll be like, hey, listen to this thing. Oh. All right. Uh, so Super Mario Odyssey, interesting shout. Uh, my interesting shout, Taken 7. <laughs> that... Mainly for that, th- that its theme this time, I think is really great. It's sort of like um, I don't know how to describe it. It's not really dubstep. It's not really ambient. It's a kind of odd mixture of the two, mm. and it's with a nice vocal track on the top. And it's in many ways it's very Tekken, but in many ways it's very not. And it's just, going back to the main menu feels good because of that little piano like arpeggio going on and things like that, and then occasionally dropping into some heavy synth, and it's like oh, it's, it's really good. And that and that's true of a lot of the stage music as well. There's some really great varied stage music. There's a couple that are real poopers in yeah. there as well. Yeah. I mean, you only have to. I mean, and Tekken obviously has a bit of a history of this. You only have to look back at Tekken Tag Tournament where there's a Snoop Dogg bloody level in it. <laughs> um, well, that's pretty funny. Though. That is pretty funny. Um, with Snoop Dogg in it, yeah, <laughs> on a gold throne. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a it's a pretty awesome soundtrack in Tekken Seven across the world. You need, yeah, the stuff I don't like is actually when they go away from that style, like when they go less synthy and go too orchestral, and feels totally out of place for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, pretty great, pretty great stuff, Nanko. And again, Tekken soundtrack's always pretty great. So, you know. Uh, and then the dark horse for this category, Zelda. Because it's hard to describe as a soundtrack in the traditional I mean, sense. Like Zelda, like the field music where it's like there is no soundtrack and it's just the stings of piano plus okay, very occasionally, yeah. Plus the sound of the wind rustling in the, in the, in the grass and, and the, the, I don't know birds and everything and stuff. It's it's like amazing and mm. a brilliant choice, but it's not best soundtrack. It's more like best sound design. <laughs> yeah, and in many the, ways. But it's more like that's great that there's no um there's no Hyrule Field theme. Mm. I, really, it, I think it's brilliant. Like but, the classic Hyrule Field theme. If you t- took that into a modern orchestra yeah. way, like I guess Twilight Princess, I suppose would be the closest. Do, yeah. But it's like it would feel far too epic for most of the time. In, That's what I mean. You want to, yeah, exactly. So, but any kind of music, almost or like actual theme, 
wouldn't have worked as well as what they did. Yeah. So well, I'm because super they, happy. Because they sort of prove that point themselves, as yeah. we talked about us, between us, and in the ice field, right? The moment where they yeah. do go down a slightly more musical route. Yeah. And that suddenly the, the the whole field kind of falls apart. And they bit. also benefited from it where, like, when you go into Hyrule Castle and then there's music, that makes it way more dramatic. Yeah, it makes <laughs> it super epic. So that was really good. And I like the town themes. Like, I like the desert town. You can't um, spend a, great, a ridiculous the, amount of time in towns either, so it feels all right to have, yeah. a, have a theme. Yeah. yeah, or the, the Kakariko uh, Village. Mm. And, and, the, nice. and the weird layered music you get in Terrytown as you build it up. You get the different yeah. racial themes overlapping into yeah, the Yeah, that's really good. Theme. And oh. even like, yeah, and the, the, the Zora Kingdom. I mean, all the, all the soundtrack that they did works really well. And the, the reassuring central... theme of approaching a stable. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. And that was kind of deliberate, but yeah, wee, reassuring. Wee, wee. But that's that's a classic tune, though, isn't it? Mm. And and like, it's always nice to hear Kaz in the well, field. especially when he's at the oh, stables, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. You get, where you get the proper version of because it's normally you yeah. just have to get the weird, the new like wafty stable music that doesn't really have much to it. But then you realise it's actually perfectly overlaid with the actual with the, <laughs> with actual... the actual opponent's song exactly. So I think it was great work, but I don't know how you could put it as like it's not a soundtrack you'd listen to outside no. of the game. So I think it's. I think my only problem with the Zelda track is that when the amb- the ambient field work and especially the ice area, I just wish there was more. Of yeah, it. there could like, have been a few like, more. Like the of number those of things is actually quite few, right? Yeah, because you get that. Yeah, that's the one you get all the time. Although that's really good. And then there's the little sort of like. Where you think it's going to do the morning theme, right? Yeah, there's a little bit. Yeah, there's a little bit of that going on, which confuses me every time. And it's like, was it morning? And there's some nice references. But you don't get, like, a traditional Zelda soundtrack, so you don't get, like, like where temples and dungeons have their themes and I everything. I can't even remember. Did the beasts have music going on? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I think they did, yeah. I think. Um, but, yeah, not as memorable as, like, I was going back and listening, and, like, the forest temple theme from Ocarina of Time is great it's so weird and creepy mm. like there's some such good stuff in those anyway the, the lost woods was neat yeah it sounded good oh yeah i like yeah. that but they used that reused that bit too much yeah the lost because you first go to lost woods and that's the first time i heard it and i was like wow this is awesome and then they reuse it a few times in don't the, they in the mazes in the mazes oh, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it made sense. So it was like it was to the maze. Yeah, actually. yeah. It's the maze theme now. Yeah, <laughs> not just lost woods. And, and and the shrouded areas as well. It's the same as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a few. Yeah. Like there's it, that it, less, other it does words, lessen the it? impact of the lost woods being a thing. It somewhat does. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, thumbs up for every choice they made, but it mm. might not be the best soundtrack of the year. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a hundred percent suiting to that game. Yeah. But I think it was perfect, pretty much. As a standalone piece of work. No. Yeah, I'm not sure it can really hang. So that makes this, this this decision pretty tricky, I think. Cause I don't think it's Mario either, necessarily. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, the the tracks that are good in Mario are really good. But again, it's like the same yeah. with Zelda. It's like there's a bunch of other stuff that's just like there. Is it one of those things where the volume of the sound, the volume of the excellence in the soundtrack, or the volume of the standout tracks there, just it just isn't there mm. in Mario? There are some real highlights. Yeah. But 
and in the grand scheme of the whole soundtrack. As so well. I think I think Mario lot, I think is Mario... much more. If you compare, which we, I'm sure we will be later, but if you compare Mario to Zelda, it's like I feel like Mario is much more hodgepodge and like there's much yeah. more misses and hits. Whereas Zelda is like they didn't put a foot wrong; it's just taking a different direction. Other than ice, yeah. Other than the ice thing, yeah, <laughs> as we discussed. Uh, yeah. Perhaps there could have been more. Sli- yeah, uh, the, the, the Zelda thing. The whole... I just wish there was slightly more variation. Like you know, maybe in 120 shrines, some of them could have looked and sounded a little different uh, occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the same deal. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so what about your? Because like, if there's one standout, like if uh, like where it's like that was, you know, that was just a great soundtrack. Then, mm. then it, it's it. So in my in my head, I have a real hard time because it's like Splatoon's definitely going to be the soundtrack I return to. Yeah, but it's more I, listenable for like normal because like it's normal context. music. Yeah, yeah in many yeah. ways, which is fine. Whereas it's true of Jet Set Radio or something like that, you know. If, if you if you want to talk, well, ish, <laughs> way, way more true in Jet Set Radio. Yeah, they were oh, just songs. They were just songs. Well, yeah, yeah a lot, most of the sound, Jet Set Radio soundtrack is just yeah licensed, but you know then you've got the the original yeah. stuff as well. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's why they're having problems getting Jet Set Radio Future together, because Sega have historically had troubles relicensing music. Yeah. Well, they'll have to loan that stuff, but yeah, the Jean Jack and Hideki Naganuma stuff, they'll they'll have the rights to use that, but well, they the just... uh, Super Va- uh, Super Vader or whatever they were called, the uh, crazy Japanese rock bands and oh. Isle Ten. That's always the worst and, when, when and the Latch team. Brothers and things like that. They're probably going to have trolls. And stuff gets re-raced and it doesn't have the music in. That's what. When, when did that happen? Relatively Re- recently. Hawks. Oh, Tony Hawks. Yeah. And Crazy Taxi. They couldn't get <laughs> Offspring. The, the classic. Yeah. <laughs> it's better never managed to get Offspring other than that one time. Uh, yeah, so it's tricky because, like that. As I said, that's the stuff I'd probably go to to actually listening to. But like a bit of my head just can't get over the fact of just how impressive Nier's yeah soundtrack is, and yeah. how it works in context and how it evolves over the course of the game. Well, that sounds like a pretty good contender. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, probably because from- I would have said like Splatoon Two is the, like again. It, there's a lot carried over for Splatoon One. So is this best original music or best score? <laughs> They're slightly different. Because if it's best music, like our context, then then Splatoon. If it's best like score, I, I, in suppose, context, I suppose I meant yeah. soundtrack, score, music. I guess it all blends yeah. in, yeah, into the same thing. I've, I've worded it as music, yeah. but yeah, and it's like, um, I mean, in in the way that in my head I'm thinking it. That's why Zelda is applicable simply because yeah. it's like the way it adds to the game. Yeah, cannot be underestimated. Like it's like yeah. it's it, it, even though on its own it's not so hot, the 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 addition that it makes to the game yeah. is pretty great. The thing is that like the trouble with talking about Zelda is like, um, like the music in Zelda has always been good and it's mm. always been an important part of the game. So it's like, it's not special that in a way, I mean, what's special is in general with this Zelda is like the way that they've twisted the formula. And the same is true of the music. It like, and it's yeah, just yeah. as successful as the other twists that they made to mm. the Zelda formula. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't make it like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. It's like, it's it, like the, <laughs> yeah, I suppose you're right. If you were to, if you were to take the music out, the whole game suffers. 
Oh, yeah. Likewise, though, if you took basically any element of Zelda out, yeah. or if you took the music suffers or the, right. the, the combat suffers or the story suffers. I guess the or, fact that we know. have this ice music problem is proof that you notice when it goes when wrong. When it's wrong. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Because actually, yeah, in, in some ways, like Nier's, Nier has that problem where I think there was one bit of music that started to bug me after a while and that was the resistance camp music yeah. because it was a li- in many ways it's actually a little bit traditional Zelda-y <laughs> in, right. in terms of its composition right. yeah and it's like but, but you hear it quite a lot and it's one of the few tracks that doesn't evolve that much it, ha- it has a couple of variants like there's a there's a vocal version and a non-vocal version that has one of those sort of like nasal sounding pipe instruments or something and it's uh yeah if anything, that was the one music that sort of grated on me a bit. Uh, and you might argue that some of Nier's segments are a little bit too long for the music track that plays the entire time you're in that segment. So if you're exploring an area and being thorough, it might grate on you a bit after a while because you're just hearing that loop um, mm. for quite a long time. doesn't mean that necessarily that music's bad, it's just perhaps they didn't plan the length of the section to the music in some cases. Um which is a knock against it. That's a, you know, it's a viable knock against it. For sure. And then with Sonic, it's like a question of whether the impressiveness of the fact that they've got new tracks that, that fit perfectly alongside the classics, mm. it, is that, you know, you know, really stand out? In some ways, uh, you know what? I'm not sure they do 100% gel. Right. I think I think but I think it might be just because I'm so familiar with that original work yeah. that when I do hear the the new stuff and the fact that they can orchestrate it in a non like perhaps the the, the first right. pass of that music isn't a mega drivey sounding instrument set right when it's just like the you can tell that the new level songs just started from like a deeper set, like layer of instruments or whatever. Yeah, they yeah. just have more happening simultaneously whereas the even the remixes of the old ones are like you can still tell that that was once a chip tune. Yeah, they were able to be composed <laughs> in a modern technique unhampered by the the restrictions of old and that does change what you it does. what you put out. It does. You wonder why they do that considering that well I I suppose it's not true because the engine supports more than the old ones did and the new levels therefore use that. Mm. But it's whether or not the constraints are what bring out the creativity. Whether the, whether the composers yeah. Yeah, take that. I mean, I know some composers do do that. They'll, they'll strip Deliberately it. constrain yeah, themselves. They'll yeah. strip it back to like, okay, I'm going to start this track with like square waves. And I'm mm. going like, to limit myself to the NES sound palette to, to build the composition and then, we'll, and then I'll re- re- rearrange it with proper instruments to, to build up an interesting track that's for many reasons that's you know that, well that reason I mean not many reasons but for that reason that's why some of the the old NES tunes stick around that's why the Mega Man music is still about today and that's why the original Mario theme sticks around today because they had to be composed with those constraints to still be interesting to you yeah you can't just wub wub everything mm. <laughs> what are we feeling then? It's a tough one. So, what's your uh, uh, way in? <laughs> I don't know. Weight behind. It's too hard a decision. They're like the, the four that we're just talking about are like different, two, two like two different in their own ways. Like Sonic is classic, and then Mario is 
weird but good and, and then has specific ones that are better and then you've got like Zelda which is its own, which is a very specific thing to that game and Nier is like it obviously works better with the game but it's not so much for track and then Splatoon is like it carried over from Splatoon 1 and they already had a style and they just made more of it they're all too different <laughs> I I think I have to go for Nier because of its yeah. originality that seems fair that yeah. seems to be the only defi- divider in yeah. all of this, is that Niz's style is feels like no other on this list. Coolio, I think we'll go for Nier then for best music. Best score, music, noise making in the background thing. <laughs> Woo! Good stuff. Moving on. And I was going to do a best licensed soundtrack category. It's not much, I, I wrote it in there at the start of the year thinking, oh, this might, because I played Aero at the start of the year and was kind of blown away by the choices of that. It's like, it's a real good lineup. Might not really new stuff. Oh, there's DLC coming. There's DLC coming. Um, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty good, good soundtrack. And I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe this will be the year for the licensed soundtrack. So I went noting it down. And then I don't know if I played another game with licensed music in it this year. Honestly, I don't think I, a single one. Yeah. Well, there's no Grand Theft Auto to walk away with it. So Yeah. Um, so Aero, there you go. Good soundtrack choices, guys. Throwaway award. <laughs> uh, so now we get on to the fun stuff that I'm hoping Zach will have more than I do for. Let's hope so. Best audio thing. Best sound effect. Best. This could like so rather than the whole soundtrack, like in terms of music, this can still be music, but it has to be a has to be a specific thing. It has to be a moment. It has to be. Or just a noise. It has to be something that makes you smile, uh, caused by audio. Like, because, I don't know, in previous years we've used the, the Electro Zapper from the bloody Electro Peas in Plants vs. Zombies, because, boy, that's a satisfying noise. So what you got for me, Zay? Hmm. Uh, I feel like there was probably several in Mario. <laughs> Because it's, like, it's not the music, the sound of it. It's, there's definitely a few. It's mainly in... Well, I think that hitting the snail with your hat. <laughs> Boo! What Rob likes. Boo! I was thinking more like the stuff that isn't really music in Mario, where they just do it real good. Like even just the way the electric, real good. The way the electric sound <laughs> modulates to the Did background music—that's pretty cool. Mm. The the. I mean, this is just like a callback, but I mean the way the stupid boost flower uses the P wing. Like, and it's like that's kind of cool. Oh yeah, yeah. But, and, then, and then it gets more. <laughs> it gets more when you more, have more, more of the flowers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a few things like that. The retro callbacks in Mario are strong. Well, yes, and yeah, all the all the sound effects that they took straight from Mario 64. <laughs> Collecting a star, jumping in a painting. Yeah, which is a bit which is a bit difficult to really count, but yeah, but they are awesome when you hear them and you recognise them. It's like. And you're like, yeah, they just they just went there, boy. Yep. I mean, like in Zelda, like I don't know what to choose, but like the whole sound design of like the end of a shrine, which you obviously get 120 times, with the kind of sighing sound of the monks or the mm. and then the or whatever the sound of the spirit or going into and and then the I know you get the classic da 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 da, but it has a little ding on the end of it, doesn't it? 
and like I just yeah, like the whole sequence. What that, I don't know. I've seen it. Like, and I, then the way they dissolve and it has that sound of everything, and the and the, and the way that the um, blue stuff breaks and into a million pieces. Yes. No. 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 Yeah. That's that, out of that whole sequence. That, that is that is the bit for me. That the yeah. the, the, the cage break. Yeah. And, and the noise that makes, and, mm. and the effect of that that fancy effect they use all throughout Zelda, where they do their bloom, their visual bloom weirdly, don't they? In Zelda, where it's like it's like an old seventies camera saturated effect, yeah. rather than a like yeah, a yeah. bloom to white, and it looks real. Yeah, that whole moment of just like, Dang! but this is like a it. whole combination of the audio and the visuals of mm. this whole sequence. Is of is really great, and the different poses that the monks have are different for every single shrine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole thing is brilliantly designed, but it can't be like this audio thing. It's just like the audio in that. No, is, but if I was to, if I was to take one element. one audio thing, that that sting of the cage breaking is pre- is pretty yeah. satisfying. Mm. This is where we mentioned the best audio thing that Rob didn't notice, mm. like when you're, or maybe even Dan didn't necessarily notice. <laughs> really. When you're hitting the guardian, the mini guardians in the shrines oh, yeah. with the guardian weapons, and it makes a different modification to the music. Yeah, totally didn't didn't notice that. Yeah, I mean, just little details like that. And they do that, I guess, a few other times. Like when you're fighting an actual guardian, when you if you use the master sword and you're stabbing them, it's like the music gets slightly more dramatic. It gets that slightly more awesome mode, and then they explode, and it's like, oh, yep, that's. That's a good bit of music to end with that. Which of the Zelda games... Oh, it must have been... It was um, Wind Waker, wasn't it? Where it's... It sort of did an orchestral sting every time you hit someone. Yeah. <laughs> sort, sort of in, in, in key of the current music track. And... Yeah, that suited that one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't it's know. more like I'm, it's I'm more trying... like best sound design, like I say, yeah. rather than rather than like the, audio thing. The or, whole, yeah, the whole yeah. It's, in Zelda, it's the it's the the whole concoction comes mm. together, not an individual thing. moment, yeah, or thing. So I am struggling to think of like an individual thing in Zelda that's just totally stand out. Um, yeah, uh, you got oh, more Mario y things because there's tons of sound in there. There's too. tons of great stuff in Mario. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. It's quite hard. It's been a long time since I actually played that now, for me. Some of them, set, you know, I did quite like the stupid sound effect of the extended leg guys. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> I was thinking that. Sort of, as they, as they pop off the top. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's like, it sounds like it's really uncomfortable for them. Like, <laughs> And I know it's not strictly sound, but there's a sound associated with it. But when you first go and fight the UFO, and it has, it has its little voice sovely thing where it's like, and it like speaks to you. But I only like that because of what it says. It's like, don't test me, biped. <laughs> I just thought that line was real funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Especially because you you're like possessing one of those stretchy leg dudes anyway. So it's like even mm. more biped. You literally only have two legs. Mm. <laughs> and then the main thing, that's the function of your form. <laughs> It test me right there. I mean, the whoever Nintendo get to do their localization is absolutely genius. Yeah, uh, it's normally Treehouse, isn't it? Nintendo Treehouse, that's their localization too. But they often work with 
They've worked with 8-4-Play and they've worked with SDI Media. I, think, I guess we probably don't have a category for it, but yeah. It's more like, not not the sounds, but the writing. The writing. Like Zelda. Well, I just yeah, wonder, I did shit that people say. It's freaking brilliant. Goddamn hilarious. Amazing. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I did wonder if... I, I, I'm in two minds about... This is a question mark category for later, actually, that one, and the sort of interplay between that and the sto- whole story in general. That's the whole thing. It's like best yeah. writing, but not best story. Isn't but not it? necessarily best story. Yeah, yeah. It's just, That's a tr- really tricky distinction. But that's, that, that could work for a lot of games, I reckon. Like, you know. Because a, a lot of games have weak overall story, but good writing. Mm. Mm. I'm not sure this audio thing category is going to work for us, I don't no. think. And, well, we've got Sonic Mania stuff. Because that Ruby noise is cool. Nah, the warp ruby sure it's just so fat <laughs> it's just a little bit beyond what the old FM chips on the uh, Mega Drive could do and it's, but still sounds like it could have come from a Mega Drive you know what I mean I know it's slightly beyond its capabilities but it's a cool noise that's all and also the green sludge bounce is pretty satisfying <laughs> sort, so of, that sort is, of a blah. that is a classic sonic noise technically is it I thought it was like slightly more it's a modified version. Yeah, of they've, made, they've made it way beefier <laughs> yeah. than it used to be. And it, it holds its tone a little longer, so it's like... <laughs> and I guess... Technically, this is music from the whole Mean Bee Machine remix. <laughs> it's not It's not exactly music, but it is a pretty awesome bit of music. Uh, the problem with that is, is like their Mean Bean stuff is actually too much like Poyo Pop's sound design, which actually isn't as good as Mean Bean. No. And it's... And on the native side of that, they didn't quite, they didn't, they didn't sufficiently replicate the combo noises for the rip off. That whole bit is a lot of work to have gone to just for a just for a boss sequence in general. So you know, it's impressive it's there, but yeah. you know, could have gone a bit further. Yippee! Yep, you need to have that, and that you can't, you can't like. Make that sound effect better. It still has to be as terribly bit crunched as yeah, 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 yeah. for that to work. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. So th- th- those are our picks for best audio thing. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to pick one. Is the problem? No. I think we'll just be like something in Mario is the best audio thing because <laughs> th- that has the most nominations <laughs> and it's most likely to win. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we could change it into like best sound design. <laughs> but yeah, but then Zelda wins. Yeah, yeah, but then Zelda wins. Yeah, then Zelda wins. Well, yeah. yeah. We'll just just say that. Okay. Best, best sound design, Zelda. For Not sure. the best audio, individual audio thing, but just but best, best overall all around sound feeling soundscape. Yep. Brilliant work. Amazing stuff. All right. Let's have the flip of that. Let's get sour. <laughs> Let's get sour. <laughs> what annoyed you the most in audio? Worst audio thing. Also including worst music. I will allow. Okay. So I've got a lot more for this. Do you? Of course. It's it's because there's nothing more annoying than an irritating sound effect. Yeah. Um... So I can say all the icing music is in here. We put that down, but yeah. I think it's not that. It's bad. not the worst. It's not the worst. It's not the worst. By a long shot. Um, I think the arms music is real bad. I just don't think it's well made. Like, mm. a, a, Yeah, but how much do you hear that, though? I mean, I, it is the menu music. It is the menu music, yeah. But theoretically, you shouldn't be hearing that that much. 
Yeah, not, I, I just didn't like it, but probably not as big a deal as some of these other ones. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> just oh, 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 oh. And a bit more, it's that weird new Nintendo in some ways, but just too much new Nintendo. Hmm. Uh, Fusion's shield warnings. Yes. Quite frequent, quite irritating. Because it did that, does that thing where if you just then creep your shield bar back over the point where it notifies you, and you then creep it back under, it reminds you again. So there'll be a lot of races where you'll be picking up shield power-ups and then hitting a wall immediately and then picking up a shield, but it'll be like, shield low, shield low, shield critical, shield low. Yeah. And it does that for the health bar as well. So you get your shield knocked down and it'll be like, health low, health critical, health low. It's like, oh God, that's, that gets really irritating real fast. Fast. Is it a fast racing game? Anyway. Um, Missile. Yeah. Missile. That was great. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I quite liked those old weapon warnings. Yeah, the missile one. Because it was so deadpad that it worked out. It's like missile. And not like, oh my god, there's a missile, homing missile on your ass. It's like missile. Okay. <laughs> Guns. Rockets. <laughs> Shield. Energy. Low. <laughs> like yeah. as slow as possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh... The heart rate monitor noise in the backing track of Chemical Plant Zone Act Two. I thought that was good. <laughs> oh, that annoys me. I just don't. I just. I think that, that the idea of a heart rate monitor sound, just in general, and I don't. I'm not sure. I just like that noise. It doesn't matter where it is. Just don't like that noise. I don't like it in a music track, especially. I think. Uh, well, just that was divisive. Yeah, bit of a grope for me. I don't like it. Uh, the number of times you hear Mario's long jump cry. Wahoo! It's, it's more annoying because you very occasionally hear a different one. It's like, shit, there are different yeah. ones. Yeah, but, <laughs> but they mostly use that one that one. same yeah. one, yeah. I mean, it's just a, yeah, it's kind of a holdover, right? I guess, but... <laughs> they could know. have added a few more. Yeah, a lot, a lot more, a lot more would have been helpful. Considering he does quite, there's quite a lot of different sounds. Yeah, they could have done a few more for that one, uh-huh. and they and they knew that people wanted to travel fast. Mm. It's a classic. Well, or maybe they just didn't communicate that you were meant to do that, not by the long jump nowadays. <laughs> yeah, you had to do it by rolling and shaking. I rolling guess. and jiggling. Although that sound effect is kind of repetitive as well. True. He still makes a noise, mm. and a weird, and that weird, that weird whooshy noise is a bit strange as well. Yeah. Uh, again, this one this one got less annoying than it was at first. I thought the Mario One Heart buzzer was really irritating when I first started playing it, but then it got less irritating. It, it sacks right. It fades away really fast. Yeah, so it is annoying though, but it fades away really fast. And you're only I think I was standing you just still. Lost, you were just about to die. It's not. It's probably not the noise itself. Yeah, I think that towards the start of the game, I was just standing still more frequently, looking around, mm. and then of course the noise comes back when you do that. Right. When you're active, it fades out. Mm. If you're just hanging about, it warns you. Comes back, yeah. Um, that that's more of a problem that there's not enough hearts around. Oh, well, yeah. I just remember clearly the best audio thing from Mario is if you let him go to sleep, and then he uh, goes well, through all, so many all, goddamn different pasta dishes. Yeah, there's, there's a lot more pasta dishes now. <laughs> oh, can, can you do that in general? Because I thought that was just when you finish the game and then he's no, asleep no, already. You could do that at any time. Oh, cool. Because they're the it's got the three from it's got the three classics. But then there's more, and then carries on. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's loads. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Oh, mamma mia. 
but it just carries on. <laughs> right. mm. That's classic. There are there I can't even name most of the past as he mentioned. No. They just, they just don't know. And of course, thank you so much for to playing my game. And for to playing my game. <laughs> Except not the place. They got rid of the English. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. Uh, slime Rancher's plot delivery noises. Although, in fairness, they patched out the most annoying version of it. Because um, it did used to just be a super bassy gun noise. That, I mean, the gun noise in that game was quite bassy anyway. The vacuum that you have. So it was just going, thum, really deeply in the background. But also, when the old plot then landed in the receptacle, it would sort of make a weird sort of tone that would then be slightly modulated in pitch, but not enough, like, not like semitones. So it would be like... And you could be like depositing like fifty of these at once. And then you swatch a tank and do, switch your tank and do another fifty of them. Yep, sounds annoying. Yep, I thought it was fine because it's me doing it, but to other people around me, possibly the most annoying thing ever this year. Uh, but they've changed it now to be a bit more toneful, so it's like. I hope my descriptions were helpful. <laughs> uh, and Zach's suggestion, which I think is great, the tired zombie noise from Seven Days to Die. I mean, this is one of... But it is an early access title. Yeah, this is one of those situations where, you know, it's not technically a game this year. It was just something that I heard a lot in this year. <laughs> but yeah, that the fact that your cat player character makes a groaning noise that sounds very much like a zombie in a game of zombies that tend to sneak up behind you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's really bad. Yeah, terrible. It's just a slightly poor choice. You got any more? Any no, more for any more? I don't think so. I'm trying to look. You know what else could have been in Best Over Everything? Going back to the previous category again? All units. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's perhaps. an old one, though, isn't it? I mean, perhaps well, the I fact should... that they bought it back. <laughs> I mean, perhaps I should just win every year. All units presents best audio. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All units presents. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of any other bad ones. I don't think. I think I think we get like, the worst audio thing gets off light a little this year. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how, how it actually was in the final game, but in the trailer, it, it annoyed everyone. The, like, ridiculous screaming noise the Nidhogg dudes make in Nidhogg 2 when they stamp on... The, when they kill the other dude by stamping on them. It's like... <laughs> it's like <laughs> that, that. That really, like... It, it was, you know, it was part of the whole problem people had with the Nidhogg 2 aesthetic anyway. Mm. That sound effect was just part of it, that style. So right. It was just, it fit, but it was just like, people just didn't like that anyway. <laughs> so I don't know if that was worst audio thing, exactly. But people definitely didn't like it. Also, another throwback. If we wanted to talk sound design, as much as I dislike that game, Rain World, quite a good audio aesthetic. Quite a good aesthetic in general. Mm. Yeah, very sort of ambienty, floaty, and everything sort of like done in new agey sort of things like that. It comes together quite well. Shame the game kind of blows. Shame that the game kind of blows. It's a technical term. Kind <laughs> of blows. Uh, so are we having a worst thing? Well, I'm I mean, pick one of those, I guess. 
Sounded like the zombie noise was the worst. But that's like, early access. Yeah. yeah. We normally disregard early access because they could change it. Okay. And it's better to do it in the year it actually comes out in. Yeah. So this could come up next year. Yeah. Plot deliveries. <laughs> Just because I want to say plot delivery again. Fine. <laughs> that definitely does sound annoying in general. Just that. But then like, does it count because it got patched out? I... It got made better. I don't think they completely solved the problem. Right. It's just like it's a loud repeating noise that you have to do very frequently. You do a lot, yeah. <laughs> there it is then. Plot. Yeah. Sign Ranch's plot delivery turns. And, you know, they totally could have made some better mechanism for that where you didn't have to do 50 individual things. Yeah. <laughs> so so you could have just done one big... <laughs> and just put the water in the yeah. if, it, if it was that noise, I'd be that would be a best audio thing. I'd be doop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a combination of it being bad and a missed opportunity for it being for awesome. a better noise. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's the winner. Plort. Sam right. Rogers plort delivery. Plort. Positive time. Best surprise. Sometimes confused with most surprise. <laughs> well, sometimes a separate category for most surprises. So most bestest surprises. Okay. The nominees from my mouth are Beyond Good and Evil 2 is officially a thing. Surprise! Okay, so this also includes things that aren't This just is just games. news. Yeah, so this, <laughs> this is just, just, just g- gaming news. Yeah. Because, you know, all the categories so far we've had to tie down to games. Yeah. Surprise can be like, ooh, industry stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not a great deal to say about that, other than like, hey, that trailer was real good. Well, that again, I'm not sure that that has the best surprise because it's it was, it's, it's been teased it, for years. Well, in fairness, also, but like not officially. Yeah, but also it's it's a surprise couch in a massive pile of like like suspicion and and reluctance to think that it'll be any good and it's and, incredibly, and incredibly early, early. Yeah. So there's not really any information it's like it's a it's a big surprise that they did it but will it turn out to be any kind of good surprise yeah does it does it, has it worried people as much as it's been as much as the you know it made people happy to see it existing yeah because I'm one of those people. Yeah. I'm really happy that it exists. I'm really happy that that tra- that I'm really happy in their vision for the game. I, I was, <laughs> well, the vision for the universe, not really the yeah, game. Yeah, I guess, I guess. <laughs> you don't know what the game's going to be. I mean, it's a little bit of a shame that it's not a sequel, because the first game ends on a cliffhanger. Well, at least it's a prequel. <laughs> yeah. So it at least ties into the story somewhat. Yeah. But, yeah, that's cool. I, yeah, I really want to see how that turns out. Uh, the Mushroom Kingdom in Mario. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that be should w- be one of the most obvious things in the world, right? But the way they did it yeah. is, is the good. Is it the, was brilliant, and then the fact that it's a, it's quite a, it's a full size world, right? Like, mm. uh, or what? A it, proper what kingdom. It, proper yeah. kingdom. I mean, I think this is a danger with the danger with the game that with that in particular is that it's just like, is it just nostalgia? You know, that's the problem. Yeah. And of course, it is. It, it is. There's a lot of that there, uh, but. And, yeah. Well, in a weird way, actually, I think it's that one, one was most, earned. It's one of the more standout kingdoms in some ways, uh, like other than that as well, because it's most casual in terms of objectives. Yeah, it's frequently, nice. it's the least combative of all the areas. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. At first, I thought it was a nice 
like just a nice retro kind of treat, and then yeah, you realise, yeah. oh, hang on, there's like oh, there's loads tons of, yeah. of moons here. This is awesome. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it is just like nostalgia injection, basically, for, for mm. someone like me. And I would say that in terms of surprise, they the idea the 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 the, the using the portrait to the Mushroom Kingdom as a lot of players' first pe- people's experience of the kingdom, yeah, such as mine. I think that dampens it. I mean, it was it's it was still cool. Oh, to I be thought like, when I wait what you, you come yeah. out and you're like wait what. And then you get that, and then if you, you looked around and got Yoshi's star, yeah, star, which is the first point, you're like, this that. is a star. Yeah. Not a moon. Oh, that, okay. oh and then it played the old sting. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, for me it was awesome. So <laughs> yeah. I would I would certainly count that as... But I think it would might have been stronger if you just sort of ended there at the end of the game. And just appeared there. Yeah. I don't know. I liked that, that you find you stumble across it rather than... Because yeah. you can't maybe, expect maybe. maybe something good to happen at the end of the credits. Whereas yeah. that, it was like, what the fuck is this? Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, it was really good. I, I'm, I, I think that was good because they made it a surprise. Mm. Mm. Yeah, all right, all right. What about the other? Although you could have predicted it, like had you looked at the portrait, is the other thing. But I didn't. I just looked no. in. Yeah, yeah. You would have had the well. Yeah, I guess you would would have been able to see it well enough to know what it was. Yeah. What about so the other can... surprises in there? Obviously, though. Because they, they stacked a few surprises at the end of the game that, yeah. they, that were completely fucking nuts. Yeah. I mean, maybe that we maybe they can't stand on their own. Maybe it just has to be the whole, like, <laughs> everything past the last regular kingdom in Mario Odyssey. Mm. Right, what, like the dark side? Yeah, and the dark you, have, you side. have the fucking dragon fight. Then you go to Bowser's Castle, which is... <laughs> the dragon fight is big. Yeah, god boy. What a, what a thing that was. Where it, like, turns like, into, like, Bayonetta or something. Well, yeah, yeah, that sort of... Sun over gothic feel. You're like, yeah. am I in the same? What? what? Why am I here? <laughs> so you have that. Then you have Bowser's Castle, where the surprise is that it's a Japanese-style castle this time, which, which is awesome. kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah, which is excellent. And then you go I to the moon. The <laughs> I love the aesthetic and the moon. Yeah, and the, the moon. And that's fucking ridiculous as well. Yeah, mm. it's full of great stuff. Oh but, shit! Oh, that, God damn it! I, now that I'm actually thinking about Mario, I'm just, remem- just remembering things that were good awesome. about it. Yeah. But like, I I really liked when they did that remix of the Bowser's Castle music in the lava room in the moon when you go underground in the moon. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. mix of that music is great. That's pretty good. Although yeah. it does run into the same problem that I had with um, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon like years ago, where they used this epic dramatic music but then you just go back outside onto the moon surface and it goes back to the like vaguely atmospheric moon noises again it's like that's kind of anticlimactic it's also one of the few climatic yep yeah (laughs) call back to another one yeah it's one of the one of the few times where they also well actually it might be the only time where they have invisible checkpoints as well that's like that sequence hmm um we should talk about that and I've got a best sequence Sure. Category this year, so we'll come back to that stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. But I don't think anything in terms of any of those sequences really tops Mushroom Kingdom. There well, are there are plenty of sequences that surprised me. I didn't expect well, I to be running away from a bloody dinosaur on a scooter. Sure. And that turned out to be one of my favourite parts of the game for some reason, even though it's one of the cheapest parts of the game in many ways. Yeah. But it's just, I was just like, what? But that's why I like. <laughs> that's why I said that. Like, it's all of those together. Just the whole end of that game is like. A continuous surprise. Mm, yeah. Those brills. Sonic Mania. <laughs> yep, just being, existing. Not just, not just being a Sonic game, but being an accepted 
good game by pretty much think, every album. Kind of, I don't think it's surprising that it was accepted. No. It was just a good game, and therefore everyone liked it. <laughs> it's no, not, but, not complicated. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not. I've never. I've not been convinced for a very long time that any of the Sonic games are looked on fond, like as fondly as but we you look. Could, upon you them. could see this. Well, you could see this coming with the trajectory of this this guy and sure, him remaking yeah. Sonic and having the Sonic CD or whatever he did, and and having and then being like being given the ability to. I and mean, the surprise is more that Sega let him do it rather than yeah, it yeah, being yeah. good or people liking it. Like, of course they are because it's, it's bound to be great because Sonic Team don't know how to make a Sonic game. So no, <laughs> this guy clearly did. So. Given the ability to do it, ain't the surprising. Uh, if, yeah, knowing that side of the story yeah. lessens the surprise for sure. But coming at it from the other direction, whereas last time they tried this was Sonic Four. Yeah, yeah, but that was a bad game, and they yeah. liked yeah, it. Therefore, yeah, yeah. not surprising. But that, but that was the last time they tried coming at it from the same marketing angle, right? That it was the same time they, they 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 said. Hey, remember these old games? We're going to do that. But there, and then Sonic 4 happened. The main reason Sonic 4 was bad is because they didn't put no, pay enough attention to how the how the character movement feels and everything. Mm. And that was exactly what everyone knew that this guy knew how to do. Because yeah, he recreated he it, it perfectly. Yeah. So it's like, that's not a surprise. Uh, to me, anyway. I think it's a great that it... That I, I think to me, it was, I, 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 even with all of that, I think it's like... Not just. Uh, it, I think the surprise to me is that I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't think Sonic, even the original Sonic games, yeah, are held in particularly high regard by most game critics or or the gaming public as a whole. And it's uh, for this to come along and for people for a great deal of the industry to turn around and say. Hey, Sonic games. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like a Remember? great deal of the industry still liked Sonic Two. <laughs> Sonic Two's the one, right? Yeah, Sonic Two's the golden child that mm. never seems to get too much flack. And um, you know, they made a good one of those. It's fine. Mm. I don't think it's that surprising. But yes, <laughs> it, it, enough, it existing enough. at all and coming out as well as it did is the surprise. Mm. Yeah, and us, uh, Which is and, a good and us finding very little wrong with it, even as fans. Yeah, yeah. Really great. Apart from the last boss. Apart from the last boss. <laughs> the last last boss. I don't know. There are a couple of bosses that are a bit flaky. But yeah. Uh, Star Fox 2 gets released. <laughs> Who saw that? Are we talking there? about good surprise or most surprise? Because that's definitely bit, most surprise. Uh, yeah, the bit of both <laughs> in that one. Like, who saw that one coming? Honestly. Nope. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> most surprise for sure. It doesn't sound like the game has been that well received. As, as <laughs> well, played, but, yeah. I think it's that good a game. No, unfortunately. <laughs> but, yeah, really cool that it exists. Really cool. Um, let's extend out this Nintendo goodwill to just be like, hey, Nintendo, the Switch has done well. I don't think that's How that surprised? much of a surprise. Did, did, I mean, did we really see that coming? I mean, well, we didn't see it coming from very far away because no. they didn't really tell us anything until like but the last possible minute. They told us <laughs> yeah. about very late 2016 was when we, I think, we got the Switch trailer, right? Because they were on a they were on an inflection point where they could have gone totally down the toilet after the Wii U, or they could have like massively brought it back, and that's what mm. they did. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Like and we've been thinking. Well, I mean, every, everyone's been speculating for years about them. Them because of their hardware track, where they don't try and compete on power. Mm. Everyone's been speculating for years over whether they would go for a combined full console and mobile. 
Well, we did. Yeah, we I mean, by this time, by this time last year, we knew what the switch was going to be because not right. only had the patents leaked, but the main trailer had come out. I think it all. Yeah, it the, always looked good once they'd done that. I think. I think it's. I think would have been. I, I I think what surprises me is that I thought going into the Switch's launch there would have been more of a skepticism about it in the same way that there was about Wii U, in that I think going into when it when it launched and knowing that Zelda was somewhat unproven, yeah, yeah. going that they were going in a new direction with Zelda, and 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 in that stuff, and that the launch lineup for Switch apart from that wasn't. Very no. strong. But all you need is that and killer then, app. And yeah. then as soon as everyone's playing it, that's it. It's like with the original Xbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, Microsoft getting into the console game. Don't, not sure about this. It's basically a PC in a giant box. It's really loud. Hey, guys, Halo. Uh, and then Halo. And then it's like, <laughs> well, end of end of discussion. Yeah. Yeah, like, the reason everyone was skeptical about the Wii U is because it was the Wii U. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it was sucked. a sequel to a Wii, yeah, which yeah. was a weird decision. Which people didn't understand either. Yeah. Yeah. But I really don't like... Looking back, I really don't like the Wii U gamepad at all. <laughs> Fisher Price piece it of shit. It was never that bad. No. It's never that. It doesn't look much, but as a bit of hardware, it functions pretty well. It definitely feels weird. Yeah, weird. Like uh, weirdly light plastic. Yeah. Oh, I never. Like, if you compare it to the actual really. the way the Switch feels, obviously the Switch is super heavy because there's a fucking ridiculous amount of stuff in it. Yeah. <laughs> but the plastic quality is nice. Yeah. Nice quality. And they did really well out of NVIDIA, NVIDIA basically like speculatively creating all this awesome 3D like mobile a t- tech. Tigra three and a half? Or yeah, something and then just it? going, yeah, we'll take that yeah. and we'll make the most a really successful console out of that. Because NVIDIA must have been losing money on developing all that shit. Um, so it's worked out for them too. <laughs> right? I can't imagine. I, I don't know how that, I don't know how that stuff. And things. Oh, right. Yeah, whether or not. Well, Tigras do get used, or used to get used in some Android phones. I don't know if they still right. do. I don't know what powers the Razer phone, for instance. I would assume that would have been a Tigra set or something like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think there was a point in time where Tigras were in were more popular than they are now. Yeah. So yeah, have uh, and I think didn't Nvidia Nvidia miss the boat? Nvidia, Nvidia. <laughs> Nvidia. <laughs> they're going to buy Nintendo. Didn't Nvidia miss the boat on some of the on this console generation? Yeah, they did. did. Every, everything moved to Radium. Yeah. Everything went to them. Um, yeah. So good for them, I guess. Yeah. Oh, and they just decimated the PC market, right? With, with the 1080 card. So, you know, NVIDIA doing all right. <laughs> I think the consoles only went to AMD because AMD they were, like, desperate because they'd lost the PC market. Yeah. Um, and so they could get a good deal on everything. Mm. Yeah, that's probably true. It's a bit like the old Power PC or whatever. Mm. Uh, all right. And finally, from me, the surprise PC ports of Bayonetta and Vanquish, possibly paving the way for Sega's future PC support. Although it's a nice surprise, slightly dampened by the fact they'd already done Valkyria Chronicles. Yeah, it's like I mean, I guess it wasn't a trend until there were two, but (laughs) you saw that they maybe were going to start doing that. Yeah, they did because yeah, they did Valkyria Chronicles last year. Um. And then these two biggins, well, Platinum got on board basically with the PC thing, and we were like, "We're doing it too." Although the slightly disappointingly, the existence of Bayonetta three still being a Nintendo property, or not owned property, but a published property, does kind of poo-poo the idea of us getting a Bayonetta two on PC anytime soon. Yeah, well, play it on the go. <laughs> yep, <laughs> Just buy that Switch version. 
Well, and I've also, like, again, not really a category, I suppose, because I don't know what else we'll say in best trend, but this factors back into the Switch's success, because I've just put Nintendo are back, baby! Because it's, like, if we want to talk about... Okay, how many of us predicted that not only would the Switch be a success, but that it would have so many good games this year? I mean, we knew it was going to have Zelda and Mario, right? And that hasn't happened for a while. I don't think they announced Mario until this at some point in this year. I don't know if we knew Mario. Did we know Mario was coming? Oh, no. They showed some footage of a Mario game during the Switch trailer, but we didn't know what it was at that point in time. Right, yeah. So we would have known that there was a Mario somewhere in the pipeline. Mm. Or that it was a tech demo. We honestly didn't know. What it turned out to be was that bit of the Sand Kingdom where you're in Bullet Bills. Mm. Um, uh, And it came out this year. (laughs) Amazing! <laughs> what a year for Nintendo. Yeah, who just thought so? But I like I like Mushroom Kingdom for a surprise. That's quite nice. It was a surprise. It's a, a fun one. Yeah, a nice moment because you can't really just say the whole of Zelda because <laughs> it was a surprise in that they did, they made it completely different and <laughs> and succeeded. And succeeded. And succeeded. Yeah. I would say if you wanted surprise in Zelda, I think to me the most surprising thing about Zelda is how much you enjoy that for those first few hours. Yeah. Whereas it's sinking in just what you're getting into. Yeah, because that's and, when and you're how exciting with it feels. All the physics and everything and you've got a little playground in the yeah. plateau. It's just those those first two or three hours. Like... But like actually like yeah, the, 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 and that and that short amount of time as you're approaching Kakiriko. Yeah, Kakariko, Kakariko, Kakariko. Um, um, you know, I think when you re- that up till the point where you reach the, the sort of like where your mind is going about what the possibility space of this adventure is going to be is is super exciting. Yeah, for that period too. of time, and to be honest, after that point, it starts dawning on you. Oh, okay, now I know exactly what this experience is going to be like to to some amount. Um, there's still stuff to discuss. Up, plenty obviously. of surprises along. Yeah, there, yeah, but, but I think I think you get a. That's the point where you yeah. suddenly where it settles in, and you're like, "This is what this game is." Mm. Um, awesome, because yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it, well, it's just you're not told anything really no. after the point where you get to Kakariko. It's like it's you're mostly just figuring it out on your own. Yeah, but the guys hours. like go that way vaguely. I mean, yeah. you don't have to, but I mean, it's probably a good idea to head in that general direction. Yeah, Me- mechanically, you're not really told anything for all of that time, other than perhaps here's a glider. <laughs> Pretty great. Uh, so yeah, so unless Zach's got any more, best surprise seems to be the Mushroom Kingdom reveal and yeah. Mario Odyssey, which was brilliant, and the rest of the end of Mario Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> Pack them all together. It's one cool. big thing. Okay. Uh, best trend we'll skip over because unless you've got anything more than that, Nintendo are back, baby. That's a good oh, trend. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> Do you call that a trend? I don't know. All right. So I did start formulating a best story category but I'm not quite sure how to plan this out because I don't think there are many super strong stories like from beginning to end tales this year mm. um, to Seems the point like that I've only got two on this list uh, but I don't know if whether this counts as something we should wrap writing into in the in the way that you described earlier yeah um, I don't know if we because they are quite that. distinct in some ways yeah I think so Yep, skip both those categories. Just skip them Story both. and writing don't really have enough of what? one or the other to make a category out of. I think it is worth covering story just because how... Even though there's only two in there, 
and it's incredibly difficult to pick between Nier and Hellblade. They are top tier in terms of its narrative. Really, truly something special, those two games. Nier for... Not necessarily because its writing is super strong. This has the opposite problem to the writing question. And it's more a lot, like the... A lot of the individual conversations aren't that hot. But it's the overall concept of what they're trying to do and how that blends with what you do gameplay-wise and how the two things are effectively one and the same thing and then it becomes apparent towards the end of the game that the story is purposefully like a game and it's toying with you in that respect. And it's it just does a great deal of very clever things towards the end of Nier that both in terms of, you know, fourth wall breaks and in terms of just general making you think about existence in the worst ways possible. <laughs> and, and, and the depth of all of that, uh, it's just somewhat incredible that, that, you know, that a video game can do that mm. and do it in a way that I don't think has been done quite so effectively before. Uh, near is amazing. And, I have to point out Hellblade for similar reasons. I don't think any game has approached the concept of mental health and psychosis quite as effectively as this. It is... Uh, and that's strengthened by the fact that, like, actually, maybe the game itself doesn't, doesn't explain itself, because I'm not sure someone with those conditions can explain it that particularly well. But what then does explain it is the fact that they go the extra mile and do this pretty decent documentary on how they came to making the decisions they did for the game design, which strictly isn't part of the game, right? Let's, let's, uh, so that's a sort of black mark against it. But then it makes you, it does make you understand why they did what they did better. Mm. And then in, in many ways, actually then made me reflect on what Hellblade did as I played through it. And I came to appreciate it even more as a result. I came to look at it and go, right, that's what you were representing there. That's, I super get that now. At the time, I was confused and bewildered, as I suppose I would be if I had that condition. But now I see that's what you were going for. Per total sense. Mm. Amazing job. Seriously amazing job. So even if we don't crown a winner in this category, if you haven't played those two games, Check them and, out and you sure. have any interest in the evolution of storytelling in video games, you need to play those They're two the games. They're the two from this year to play. They are incredible. Really incredible. Although the investment, if you're going to do it in near, is quite high. <laughs> Pays off, though. Yeah. It's a, long, it's a long time coming. All right. Might need a comfort break in a minute. <laughs> All right. Let's take it. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Let's take, let's, this is a good time to break, I think. Cool. Uh, you're going to enjoy some uh, uh, break music that Rob <laughs> doesn't <guy>. have. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I'm not sure I have a break sound. Which he will insert here. Just trim uh, some bit of a track. And then uh, we'll be back for part two of uh, Game of the Year 2017. Yeah. Maybe I used the little stinger I used at the end of what the you know when we did the Collision Software videos. Yeah, that, that little bit of music. You're about to hear it, listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically because it's got some samples of both me and Zach in the background. See if you, see if you can pick them up. Enjoy. Mexican <laughs> oh, Rob says bye for now. And we're back to the silent cast uh, game of the year discussions. <gasps> and <laughs> we continue with another category. 
Rob, will you do the others? I'll get there. Yeah, he gets to his phone. Didn't really plan that one through where he had to start the recording and then move over here and then sit down and then pull out his phone and then navigate to the thing on his phone. Where the That's a pretty good commentary right there. Yep. It's it's like, it's like he's totally practising his Rocket League shoutcasting skills. Entirely. Well, my Android manipulation shoutcasting skills. <laughs> Competitive phone manipulation. Yeah, one of the other things is like, right, we need you to make sure that Bixby doesn't work. Well, that sounds like one of those things where... The shortest time possible. Where it's like cup stacking or whatever. It's yeah, like yeah, doing yeah. something completely stupid, but doing it really fast. Do a mundane task the fastest you can. All right, here we go. Following on from our previous shout-outs about best story, best sequence. Well, we story. don't normally do this, do we? No, we don't normally, but there are sorts of... I think this this is a shout out basically to that Mario thing you alluded to in Best Surprise. <laughs> sure. And that there are so many little things this year that are stand out on their own that it's worth shouting them out. Now this can be both story and mechanical. Like if, if there's a, like a thing, a thing in the game that's just like I'm not sure that counts as a sequence exactly, but okay, we'll just say that's what the game is. Yeah. It's just it's sort of like best gameplay thing in some ways. <laughs> or like best moment. Or like, yeah. And it's just sort of all wrapped into one because I, like the problem with like best moments in some respects is that it's like, uh, it, 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 yeah, it doesn't always encapsulate the difference between something that can be narrative or something that can be just a thing in a game that makes you super happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance. Oh, sorry. One of my previous, uh, one, of, one of my uh, uh, suggestions is the Jaxi. Just on its own. It's like, I don't know why you like that so much. I don't know. I find find it really satisfying. I don't know. It's just something about how it moves, the ridiculousness of its animation, and it's like the whole time, the way it breaks and it's hard to control. I kind of actually like all of that. It comes together quite well. It's pretty good. There's a lot of good things in Mario. Yeah. And the the, the, the the crazy music that plays. I like it. Yeah. But probably more appropriately, the New Donk City Festival. I don't, why, don't know why people like that so much. Right, okay. It's good, it's good, but it's not, like, amazing. It's not as good as the end of the game. No. <laughs> Which is also on my list. Well, yes, we have to be. Speaking so, of... This so is do not we want to really... talk about that whole end sequence, just in general? Like, now, because now's the chance we can. Well, right? yeah. Spoiler-free. There is one other thing full. that's not really for this section, but I wasn't mentioning it, because I said I was going to on the podcast when I first talked about Mario. Because I said there was a little thing that I liked that was interesting and a spoiler when yeah, we first yeah. talked about it. When I was talking about... Like the different star anim- uh, moon animations. Yeah. The like open hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was another thing where I said that it was a spoiler because I couldn't mention it, and that's because it was on the moon. <laughs> but did you notice, in terms of small things that Mary did that made it r- ridiculously detailed, that when you're on the moon, when, if you're all standing in the shadows, he does his cold animation? Nice. Cause it's like, oh, I didn't even notice that. Wow. It clearly doesn't make sense because apparently the moon in the Mario universe has an atmosphere which would negate that effect. I guess, yeah. <laughs> but still, it was fancy. And then if you put on warm clothes, it gets rid of that. <laughs> like the spacesuit, for example, counts. Yeah. As you would imagine it would. You'd hope so. But that was a nice, like, nice little... I was like, I saw it for a split second when I stopped moving. I was like, is that is that doing that because I'm standing in the shadow? It's like, oh, it is. <laughs> how, how, like, appropriate, except not. Yeah. How nearly scientific of you. Yeah, all of that moon stuff is super nicely done. <laughs> and it has low gravity. Of course. It's been rare in games recently that the moon actually has low gravity. gravity. And it's a Mario game, so it's like the ideal <laughs> so game. So you jump insanely high. Yeah, exactly. Which is freaking awesome. 
Could I potentially, and again, another little ditty, tiny little stupid thing that happens in Mario. Yeah. But that moment when a bird comes, sits on you, when you sit down on the bench, <laughs> the and bird. Just, just a bird turns up. I just don't think it's like that. Yeah. Just why would why would you put that in the game that a bird just comes and sits on your head? <laughs> Good moment. Anything else in Mario that needs shouting out, or do we want to, you know, as I say, dig into this end sequence and why it's so ridiculous? Like, a taking control of Bowser. Sure, I mean Bowser with a mustache. You did. An it was like mustache. it was real obvious that that was going to happen. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> but, awesome. It's like the, the whole concept of the game. It's like, yeah, you know, you're going to take over Bowser at some point. He even wears a hat, which is the signifier of the you can take over when you knock his hat off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, doesn't apply to the brutals, right? Because you knock their hat off and then you just have to stump them. Mm, I guess. Yeah. Maybe they're special because they're space rabbits. <laughs> yeah, space rabbits are not susceptible to hats. Well, because the regular tiny rabbits aren't susceptible to the hat, aren't they? No. <laughs> They just have to be caught, right? Yeah, a special down. genetic trait of rabbits. <laughs> they are. Hat resistant. Uh, yeah, that was cool. But then, and, and, uh, I want to say, like, as cool as that sequence was, it got better towards the end, because like, I actually thought like, the bit when you were just running away from everything, exploding and mashing way through rocks yeah. wasn't actually that impressively done, right? Like, the, the sort of... <laughs> the rocks themselves and that, that sort of little bit it's quite blandly made if you know what I mean yeah it was so like, it's cool to be doing it's it just but they, like, perhaps they could have put a little more finesse into how that all actually looks but it's, it's better when you get to the, like the golden tree yeah, or whatever yeah. that thing in the middle was yeah that was awesome with the music as well yeah as previously and it kicks in and another and then that whole end sequence actually if you want to go that far <laughs> yeah. like the whole ridiculous Mario versus Bowser and Peach just being strong, independent woman, bitches. No. <laughs> and then apparently you just leave Bowser on the moon, because fuck him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the low-grab kick. Yeah. Even though, you know, that doesn't make any sense, but you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever, Mario. Yeah. I mean, let's just make it very clear again. Nothing in Mario makes sense. Not mm-hmm. one damn thing. And it was not, it was another randomly entirely unnecessary but nice thing that you could if you like when you're playing as Bowser you can use the motion controls to actually pre-fire even though that's not actually useful in any way. <laughs> cool. <laughs> like you just use the claw slash and it's way more effective because you just need to get shit out of your way right next to you, not far away. Do we wanna... Apart from Windows 2D, and then you need to use the fireball, of course. Do we wanna put uh what, what was the biped line? <laughs> Don't don't try me by yeah, Don't test me by Don't test me. Is that good? <laughs> yeah, but that's that moment? Really, none of these none of these things were really out of that much of a moment except for the whole end sequence. Like yeah, you have to you have to be a bit more broad than these incredibly small moments. The tiny little things. Hmm. Even though they're good. But if you're picking one moment or one period of time, because hmm. it's not really a moment. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, I suppose the uh, as I say that whole gothic section yeah, is quite is quite the surprising sequence. And like, really yeah, not, not to be too heavy on the surprise bit, but you sort of go there. I'm not sure it's the best, but it's no. just like in terms of like sort of okay, this is a bit this is weird for Mario game. This is weird, and it actually looks quite good. 
I mean, I suppose that's the weirdest thing about that bit, right? That it looks so, so dark and lightningy and well made, hmm. and uh, as you sort of include a little bit bayonetta, actually, yeah, 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 in, in its art design. Pretty cool. Uh, any more Mario thingies? Or should we actually try and include other games in here somehow? <laughs> Probably. Because there's a few heavy moments in Nier that are worth bringing up. Because, like, there are there's just parts of that game where you're not quite sure, oh, they went there. Um, and so like, it gets it gets more and more extreme as it goes on, but there are, like, three sort, sort of standouts. Uh, one of which being uh, the start of playthrough C, where everything you thought about the world sort of gets turned on its head in one glorious hour at the start of the... As I say, when I say sequence, that's quite a long sequence. But it basically involves the death of what, who you thought was the main character. Uh, sort of, as I say, roughly two-thirds of the way through that storyline. And it's uh, it's quite a long, drawn-out process where you know your entire allied forces are, are, are taken out by an unknown... Uh, change to things that you haven't really had the chance to that one of the characters knows about but hasn't really had a chance to fully explain to everyone um, and so it all goes bad like and you're like and it has that real sense of like oh this is the end this is it this is the end right like how do we come back from this uh, and it does some cool stuff with the UI and things like you get a, you get virused effectively at one point so your subsystems are slowly degrading as you go so the menus start going wrong Classic if you went to pause Metal Gear, yeah. If you want to go pause the game, like the bits of it stop displaying properly, and certain options start stop being able to work. And there's like EMP mechanics during that sequence, so certain bits of your like character's maneuverability get taken away from you with a nice big red error message appearing on screen, saying, "Hey, you can't dodge right." Like error, dodge systems offline. I mean, it's all presented like sort of like old school Windowsy errors, <laughs> and nice. it's like, oh, it's so cool that sequence. It's just like that's the point where you, where if you'd got a bit bored of playthrough B because it's covering a lot of the same ground, C just lands and you're just like, oh, oh, it's on now. There's a bigger enemy, and also asks a great deal of questions, which then leads you even deeper into that storyline. And it's like it does all the right things you need at that point in the game. It's pretty great. Uh, also stand out a little bit. Also in playthrough C, there's. <laughs> A somewhat harrowing moment where the, 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 I say harrowing, they're all machines, but the machines effectively turn on each other at one point. Like there's some, some parts of the machine network goes super, and they go basically into some sort of weird form of machine zombie. Let's put it that way. They, 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 they corrupt in a way that they were, no one was expecting. Uh, and so the friendly village sort of guardian collects the quote unquote children. Yeah. to try and keep them safe and puts them somewhere else. Uh, and you go for a long protracted sequence of protecting them uh, and keeping them out of harm's way from a, a, a machine invasion, uh, only to discover once you've completed it all that all the children had murdered themselves because the concept of fear was too much for them to bear, having been taught it as a, as a part of their self-preservation uh, skills yeah. by the pastor, effectively. Which then leads leaves you into a, with a with the choice of do you wipe the pastor's memory do you kill the pastor 
I'm calling him the pastor because that's the best word I can think of to sort of be the, the, this overseer character, Pascal. Mm-hmm. Or, or do you just leave them be to sort of wallow in their own misery, uh, having lost their entire village and everything they've been working to, to achieve? And it's it's kind of dark at that point because most of the game had been sort of building up that this friendly village are yeah, the, good, the good people, things, people you should protect. And then the game just says, yeah, despite your best efforts, screw you. Nasty. Good well 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 done as well, like cinematography wise and things like that. And, and yeah. The reactions to the choices are good as well. Just really nice. Nicely done. Uh and I'd be remiss to talk about Nier about mentioning the very last thing the game has you do. Which What's is that? uh the end sequence has you fighting the credits. <laughs> So it goes into bullet hell mode and you start shooting down the members of the Square Enix team <laughs> and nice. Platinum Games and uh, uh, in, a, in a bullet hell section. But there, there's a sort of ch- change in it halfway through where you start, when you start facing Square Enix instead of Platinum. And then uh, the game basically becomes ridiculously difficult and almost impossible to complete um, to the point where I couldn't complete it. And uh, after a few attempts of failing it, the game eventually goes, do you want some help? And you're like, ah, not really, I think I can get through this. And you, you try again, and then you fail. And I failed quite... A, I did this for quite a long time before before succumbing to, like... Because the game was... But every time I was failing, the, the game was putting more mess, more messages on screen, mm. supposedly from... You know, that were named from, like, at this... And I'm not quite sure what, you know, what that name was based on, what this text... How, where this text came from, but it was putting more and more of these messages on saying, you're not alone, and things like that. And it's like, okay, the game is steering me to using this help option um, without being super obvious about it. It's, you know, that's nice. So you make that, that's not the last choice though. So you make that choice, and all of a sudden you get a load of ships around you, um, uh, all facing off as one. The music elevates, so there's now now the end, the sort of what you thought was just the end credit sequence music now has a full chorus behind it and things like that. So you get that cool music evolution happening in the credit sequence, which is nice. Yeah. Um, when you get hurt, one of these little ships dies off. What you then realise after doing through all that and completing it, the game then explains to you what just happened in that uh, the, the other ships that are helping you complete the credit sequence are in theory someone else's save game. Right. From people that have opted, having completed the sequence, to delete their own save game from their computer In order to live to give the, the, the to, to give them one shot at helping another player. Mm. So at this point you've sunk like fifty hours into the game and you have the option of getting rid of it all just to help someone else finish it. Now how much of that is nonsense and it's just like a fake out, no one really knows. Mm. But it's, nice it's weighty. And that that delete function for the people that have done it, that's a real delete. That will totally trash your save file and there's no recovery. Did you do it? No, I didn't. I had stuff to do. I had stuff to finish off. Um, So, sorry, whoever died in the process of saving me. Uh, Yeah, really cool sequence. Because uh, then it sort of it it's, it make it makes more sense like tying into the whole sort of like rest of the game's message of existential existentiality or whatever you want to, how you mm. describe that. And uh, you know what is the meaning of your what is the meaning of our purpose here and uh, like what do you do with your life? The meaning and it's of like life. gives you the opportunity to sacrifice it for someone else's enjoyment, like for someone else, and it's like literally making you do that with the amount of time you've spent getting to that point. 
and it's like that's cool. That's a really neat idea. Like it a lot. So those are my near moments. Cool. I was tempted to try and think of something from Hellblade as well, but I'm not sure there's any real one moment in that that particularly stands out amongst it right, all. Right, right, right. It's like the whole thing just sort of comes together. Uh, if I was to pick anything from it, I'd say the boss fight against Val Raven is particularly cool. Um, uh, just because of the me- mechanically, it's very fun to play, and it's, it's not actually about psychosis. This is just it's mechanically, it's a good, it's a fun fight to actually take part in. You know, he does does a lot of the sort of your standard chargey attacks, but then will sometimes phase out, meaning you've got to use your focus meter or time a well or have a well timed block, and hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just not, nothing massively innovative there, but it's just well presented and, and good fun. In an otherwise very heavy game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll stop talking now. Anyone else got any ideas? Well, did you not put basically the entire start of Zelda in there? I mean, I guess that counts. Because it's yeah, not necessarily whole, whole like... Great, do we want to say the whole Great Plateau in that? Well, I don't know about like, the whole Great Plateau, but definitely the first few tens of minutes. Yeah. It's not necessarily that amazing, like, in terms of the gameplay necessarily but it's amazing for Zelda <laughs> it's like you're like if you have any expectation for what Zelda was going to be then it's like this is not that and it's kind of surprising the fact that you're just sort of dropped in it with very little guidance you mean and it's just like here's well, a, here's a it's world it's not like structured in any of the familiar ways that you were imagining <laughs> well even for an open world game it's structured quite I mean the best moments are moments of discovery where you're like oh crap well I found yeah, this there's that as well I quite liked like first arriving at, at, at like Zora's domain. That was a pretty good moment. I, but maybe that's just like because it was a well designed place. I don't know if that worked really well. Or is it like discovering any of the like you know how Koroks work and the various yeah discovering a new way to find Korok seeds? Mm, maybe don't know. I think the early parts. You're right. Yeah, are pretty good. Because the early parts includes a lot of the discovery stuff. Yes, it does. Yeah. You, you're working out what you can actually do. Yeah. Set fire to shit. Yeah. Maybe set fire to it. <laughs> what about? I, know, I think, I think, what to, about, I think um, to me, one of the more, more important about, moments of what? that opening is that bit where you head, you first start heading towards Kakiriko and you start to realise the size of the world. You finally get a feel for how big that thing is, mm. and it's like that was a bit overwhelming at that point because you're just like, oh boy. This is, I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, I imagine that's entirely intentional. I think that was a great way to make you feel a bit like how Link must be. Uh, well, I know, I guess Link might not be, because <laughs> you, 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 you already know. Yeah. But yeah, as a as someone just experiencing that moment where it's just like, I've got to go over here. It's like, oh, this is a really long way. This map is enormous. I think in terms of like specific moments that are designed, I guess there's the the dragon on top of the mountain. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah, that is a cool sequence. That whole bit was a really good moment. The floaty fight. Yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah. Although I think I came to that quite late. Yeah, me too. Yeah, what about 
Sonic Mania Mean Beat Machine. That was a good moment. Mm. Pretty solid. <laughs> if, you, if you know the fairly obscure reference there, I guess. Pretty solid. That was quite unexpected. And yeah, it was unexpected, and it was like... Because it had the music, it was like, yeah. like Not only is this referencing that, it's referencing this properly. We're <laughs> recreating it fully, not just yeah. using the mechanic. Well, even the bits that... Uh, I know it's not a massive, a lot, not a great boss, and it's one of the, I think it's one of the weaker bosses. But the the Metal Sonic stuff, where they're throwing in Game Gear Metal Sonic at you, and it's playing Game Gear noises. Yeah, if if you the knew white, what that, if you knew what that sounded like and why it's the there, it's song. like that's like oh, that's cool. <laughs> but that part of the fight does suck. Yeah, that's the you one have, of the worst boss fights in the game. It's it's a it's a massive pain in the ass until you find that there's actually just one specific tactic where it's, it makes it guaranteed a hit every time. Oh, really? So you just have to do a specific thing in a specific spot, and it's guaranteed to work. And it makes that bit much less sad of a hassle mm. every other time you go for it. But the first time, it's a nightmare. I don't know I, how long I spent. I'm not sure I discovered that true tactic yet. I think you just have to like time a spin dash. Like as soon as he goes, you go, and then it coincidentally bounces him like three times off the side of the screen and directly hits Mel's eye. From where? Like if you're both in bottom corners, yeah, and like opposite the corners, middle. right? <laughs> yeah, that room was a nightmare the first time. <laughs> yeah, I was running out of time the first time I did it as well. Yeah, I timed out. I'm ashamed. Uh, that it? Probably. How do we narrow it down from that? Look, that's a lot. I know. What was your favourite? The trouble is that there's like you got these little bits of moments from one game, but then you got, if we're picking an individual one, that makes it harder. Mm. But do you feel that the your near moments are stronger than any other game? It's the thing, I don't know. It was badass, but I don't know if it really has... Uh, I do struggle... I think part of the problem with those moments is that they, they, they're difficult to describe and they're difficult to explain because the, of the amount near hangs on the detail of its narrative. Hmm. So while I'm explaining them to you now, like yeah. there's a certain element of I don't feel like I'm doing, the, doing it justice because no, it's impossible. it gets to those points because of the build-up leading to them. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas a lot of the other ones we've talked about are just sort of they stand alone, right? That you can experience that moment for the first time. You can find a, pu- a world puzzle in the witness, <laughs> and you know, just explain that that epiphany is enough. Yeah. Um, whereas I don't think it's definitely I don't think it's the same. It's definitely not the same in there. It's a slow build. And approaching dread mm. that suddenly explodes. I feel like out of the Mario stuff, it's the end, the ending stuff. Yeah, yeah, has to be really. I think that probably beats out. What's the bit leading up to the the the, the Bowser escape? Can't really remember. Is there like another Bowser fight? Yeah, you do the final Bowser Arena fight. Where he get, you go to the chapel, does the right? multiple direction tail spins. So that's the oh, bit yeah. where you and, where and it the, changes and, and you're like, oh shit, I have you, to learn how to not get hit again. Yeah, and then <laughs> I got then I got tricked by the fake out where you, you you start hitting him after avoiding that on the last one, and he's like, oh no, I'm back. Yeah. Uh, 
In some ways, I'd like, I don't know how I feel about some of those boss fighty bits in Mario. I know this is a bit of a tangent here, but it's... Yeah, we could probably talk about that when we get to... Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm happy with that. The, uh, uh, the, the whole end sequence. The craziness of it. Yeah. In Mario. It's a great moment. In many ways, it's like as I say, you've just put I've just put Mario Moon here because it's all maybe all of that is just wrapped up, like the whole moon and everything that happens on the moon. Hmm. It's not even that though; it's after the moon, really, isn't it? Like, it's uh, in the yeah, moon. In the moon, I suppose, you're still yeah. on the moon. Yeah, I suppose you are. Once you get to the chapel or the the church or whatever. Moon church. The moon church. Moon church. You must have had to have built that built that church on the moon. What expense? He didn't. It's in the brochure. It tells you about how there's a mysterious church on the moon that's really popular for weddings or whatever. <laughs> Travel brochure tells you. All the lore is there. Yep. You just need to read it. I don't think I've read the moon one. I've read most of the others. It tells you about the frog that's around the back of the church. <laughs> the mysterious moon frog. <laughs> yeah. I've forgotten about Moonfall. <laughs> Alright then. First sequence, end escape, and general ending. Ending, 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 end. In Mario Odyssey. Bah! Excuse me. <laughs> the worrying trend of the year. Rob's gas. Worrying trend of the year. <laughs> yep. Okay, yeah, that's worrying. Yep, yep. There's uh, an obvious winner, obviously. Obviously, obviously, obviously. Is it? Oh, well, are there even any other nominations? I've got one. Okay. The lack of the promise of VR, lack of you know compelling VR experiences. Is that just because you haven't been paying attention? Though? In, in part, <laughs> I hear Lost Echo is supposed to be kind of a thing. It's worrying that Microsoft are falling behind on first party kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know if we raised that last year. Like, Probably. But I suppose this year we had all the cancellations and the slips, right? Like Crackdown 3 was supposed to be this year and slipped and Scalebound got cancelled. Yeah. Actually, did Scalebound get cancelled last year? I really don't know when that got cancelled. Mm. It, the wounds still feel fresh. <laughs> I'm going to have to double check that because that's probably going to have to come up later if Scalebound did get cancelled this year. I think I'm... Mm. Hmm, no, I don't know. I I don't know. The thing that I saw might have said it was meant to come out this year, not necessarily that it got cancelled. Mm. Can't remember. But yes, they've had very little this year. At least next year they have, in theory, got Crackdown 3 and Sea of Thieves and probably Horizon 4, if that's not loot box to all hell. <laughs> so, you know, there's some stuff coming for Microsoft next year. Some, not a lot. Maybe below will come out, and they can shut up about it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, but obviously, the, the, I mean, the the clear front runner here is loot box disasters. Now they are tainting the entire industry now, or all of the AAA industry. It's worth, I guess, it's worth saying. I don't know, there might be some in these, like, Art Survival Evolved, you know? Sure. I don't know, does I mean, that loot box? That's not loot boxes, I guess, that's DLC, but it's yeah, like, that's, that's DLC in an early access game, that's 
done sort of taking, I mean, it's not early access any longer, it did actually come out. So mm. it's as much as you call that coming out, like yeah. finished at all. <coughs> oh, well, it's true. It's just a question of whether the Battlefront 2 thing made enough noise to stop the trend. Well, this leads on to the uh, not. the subcategory of loot box loser of the year. Which also is it's not even obvious. a category. Yeah. It's EA, so, okay, loot box is an EA. But it's worth shouting out that hey, EA weren't alone in it this year. The Shadow of War stuff from Warner Brothers was pretty shady. You know, you've, that's, a, that's a loot box system that has negatively impacted and uh, the, the, the completion of an otherwise good game um, to the point where, you know, that's not going to be considered for very many awards this year, unlike the first game, even though a lot of its systems are improved on the first game, loot boxes have ruined it. You went too far. Uh, same with Forza 7, loot boxes ruined that game's progression. Um, and how you actually, yeah, how you actually enjoy getting through that game, uh, despite the racing still itself still being solid. Uh, so you know, then they're, they're definitely not alone. But EA's Battlefront Battlefront Two uh, kerfuffle, their reaction to it, and everything that's probably still to come. <laughs> The other EA games that still managed to come out and didn't make such a big deal because they were overshadowed by well, Souls. Yeah, like it, Need it, for Speed. Need for Speed is the one that's worth point bringing up because that is again another game that is basically fundamentally broken because of its inclu- because of the inclusion of loot box mechanics. That it is actually possible to be prevented from progressing based on random chance. Uh, and not even that, the random chance actually happens without you doing it sometimes, without you getting involved, because you have to wait for a random occurrence every 10 minutes um, to define what's in the shops, and if what you want, what you need isn't in the shops, you can't progress, and you've got to wait another 10 minutes. Okay. It's like, so there's loot boxes that define the loot boxes, kind of? <laughs> it's like loot box squared? So double fail. Good job, EA. You have broken video games. Good job, Nintendo, for not paying any attention yet. <laughs> There's only be like two or three more years before Nintendo suddenly realise what loot box means. <laughs> yeah, then we're all in trouble. In the meantime, yay. Do we want to do the Zachary Burgess brand action category? What the fuck about brand action? Yeah. I was looking at my list just at the names of these games, and there are a couple in name alone that are kind of fight up. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, you might as well just say this every time one of these games comes out, but there's the Kingdom Hearts game. Right. Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. <laughs> prologue. That's Final Chapter Prologue. Final Chapter Prologue. <laughs> Wait, what? Is that what it's actually called? Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. So, yes, obviously, the, obviously Kingdom Hearts continues to have retarded names, as they always do. Yeah. Because they apparently just putting a number after Kingdom Hearts is not sufficient, or even a point release number. <laughs> well, I guess I mean so they a save lot of those the... for the collections, like two point five. Well, yeah, there's two point five remix and one point five remix. <laughs> in case you, in case you weren't confused enough by that as well. But then isn't there like a two point six? Well, this HD is the two point eight. Two point eight. Oh right, yeah. HD two point eight Final Chapter Prologue. 
So good. And then obviously, I mean, this barely counts because we already talked about it last year, but there's also, you know, Dawn, uh, Total War Warhammer 2. Oh, yeah. They, they continued to do that. And they crapped that out quick. They really did. Man. Well, that kind of... That's a good pull, because that kind of overshadows everything I was going to say. Does it, though? Because we can't... Can we give that to that game where it's just a sequel of a game we complained about last time? <laughs> no, 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 but not, not that one. I mean Kingdom Hearts. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Because, boy, that's a great game. I love it because it's... They've just got... They've got to the point where it is so stupid that it's hilarious. I also don't like how they used a plus sign in Mario plus Rabbids. Yeah, and and that it's called Mario plus Rabbids, <laughs> and that's how you're supposed to say it. Not Mario and Rabbids. No. It's just a goddamn plus sign. Don't do that. It's not a word. Yeah. Is that something we should have talked about as we mysteriously didn't care? Mm, I sort of didn't care. Not really. Yeah. Uh, I, I forgot it was called this, but there was that, the, the previous Pikmin game called Hey Pikmin. Only it's oh yeah, but it's hey hey with an exclamation mark, Pikmin. And I was thinking like is that a sequel to Hey Pikachu? <laughs> like Hey Arnold. But I don't. But I don't think it's got any like voice. Control. No, right. So it's, not it's just like they just used the name or hey. Panic at the Disco. Yeah. Although they 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 changed that, which annoyed me. Oh, uh, was it Panic? It was yeah. It was Panic with an exclamation mark at the Disco, but they removed the exclamation mark. Hmm. Like, no, it's not as good. <laughs> And also making reference to the other times we did this category, there was the Picross game called Picross S. What does the S stand for? Who knows? Picross. Picross. <laughs> Lots of S. What about the Xbox One X? Yeah, exactly. Sorry, ten. Yeah, the iPhone. Oh boy, the iPhone. Te- that that annoys me because like, why, brilliant. They did what? that on purpose. I know. I think that was a joke. Surely oh, it's a joke, right? Because uh, they just got I think rid of. I think they're just pretentious enough to to think that's that's the coolest thing they've ever done. Well, they got rid of um, uh, OS ten and renamed it to OS Mac 8. OS, which oh, I wrote, right, yeah. uh, 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 because everyone always referred to it as OS X, even though it was OS ten, uh, and they renamed it Mac OS, so there's no confusion. And then they introduced the iPhone ten. <laughs> Yeah, macOS is a weird one because they always <laughs> Roman, they Roman numeraled their last few Mac re- releases leading up to that, right? I think nine was I, I like III. Did they though? The, I think so. I'm not sure they did. Maybe, Maybe they did. Clearly, Apple is just. But then they the but then they just marketed that that is uh, yeah, it's called it's OS 10, but they marketed it with an X. They do, yeah. So and that's why just, everyone calls it X. It's like I know. they're doing it again, and it's they're like doing it again. Learn from your mistakes, bitches. Yeah, they've just. From what? They're just following the footsteps of Mortal Kombat. Where 10 is X. No, I thought they were just trolling. <laughs> well, they, they were. They already know that everyone mispronounces it, so they brought it back. <laughs> anyway. Mortal Kombat were trolling. Apple, probably not. <laughs> Apple were probably <laughs> trying to be sincere about it. Maybe. <laughs> what did they call that? They did, they did a special edition of Mortal Kombat, didn't they? They had a really good play on X. Like Mortal Kombat Explicit Edition or something <laughs> like Extreme. It was something dumb, but actually quite clever. But yeah, anyway. Uh, I only put down Arms as, as one of them, because that's a dumb name for a game. Is it? Uh, it's pretty dumb. It's fine. Arms. Uh, and then, like, Puyo Puyo Tetris is a pretty ridiculous thing to exist. It's just a combination of the two names of the games that that game's made of. I know, but it's, it's just... A, 
this is a pretty ridiculous thing to exist, like in terms of brand action. <laughs> I guess. Except, like, the Tetris brand is so weird anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Disney Dream Tetris, or whatever that game was called. Uh, and also, speaking of Disney and Kingdom Hearts and all that stuff, I actually, in terms of good game names, I think the Disney... <laughs> Which is are, not this category. I know, but the, just, <laughs> just special shout-out to the Disney After Gluten Afternoon Collection. I think that's pretty great. Like, referencing old... Uh, Card their old games based on cartoons that used to be shown in kids' TV in the afternoon. I think it's a nice name. The Afternoon Collection. So Kingdom Hearts, then? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. What a name. <sighs> That's going to take some beating. In future years, we'll just wait until next year or another Kingdom well, Hearts. No, because hopefully out. next year's next next year is Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah, but what if they, they probably just jam something after a co-op on the end of that for the hell of it? Dream Drop Distance <laughs> or some other bullshit. Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts three. We finally got there, but not quite. Three hundred sixty-five point two. Whatever the fuck that one was called. Oh, is it three hundred sixty-four days of sleep or something? <laughs> Yeah, uh, we did disappointing earlier. Skipping ahead, uh, these are all little things from here on up until the till the big thing. Um, so I don't know. We could do, do the shout out for best best patching updates, DLC, live content for a game, which basically is a in my mind is a toss up between Shovel Knight's free Spectre Knight upgrade update um, for people that owned any previous version of Shovel Knight. Um, Although they now sell just the uh, the Shovel Knight campaign separately. So if you bought in now and don't get the Trevor Tre- Treasure Trove edition, you only get the Shovel Knight part. Mm. But they now do the Treasure Trove. But if you bought Shovel Knight from the start, that was free for everyone who had it. Uh, and was pretty great. Uh, and of course, Splatoon 2, right? Who doesn't like free and constant updates? Wow. I feel like the trouble and the Splatfest stuff. Come on, that's amazing every time. Now it's even better with its like special levels. Yeah, that does help. I think the trouble with Splatoon is that like it's constant, but it's not regular. <laughs> it's just like random bits no. and pieces will appear occasionally. That's well, here's a gun, and then like a couple of weeks later, here's two guns just randomly for no reason. That's been an especially large amount recently as well. Well, yeah, like, that was like a big update. Yeah. <laughs> what of a new game mode, new level? A couple new weapons. It's been yeah, quite the and the music not that long before. Mm. It's been it's been quite the month of Splatoon action. Quite the month. Uh, any other live game action that we've been paying attention to? Overwatch, I think, has not had the best of years for this stuff because it's basically repeated most of what happened last year, just throwing in a few more skins. Mm. Yeah, uh, which is a bit of a shame. Um, other than, was it Chinese New Year at the start of the new year was cool because that was when they introduced Capture the Flag mode, which I really like in that game. Uh, Titanfall 2 added its uh, co-op defence mode. But, you know, that's nothing really to shout home about, I suppose. But at least they did it for free. Rocket League continues to do their updates. Yeah. I mean, the, the the recent change to the Halloween and snow with decrypted keys is kind of cool, I suppose. Kind of. Because you could use those keys on their... There's some sort of free access to their crates, but maybe that's like the... 
<laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, buddy. Obviously, it's the teaser. This, this is the first hits for free. Yeah. How much you got to pay for? Although it was, in some ways, you have the slight disappointment with the Rocket League updates. It was like taking out all the weird shaped maps. Sure. Yeah. They finally gave up and just said, "No, not even Wasteland." They slight, slightly dumbed down their experience in some ways. <laughs> you call that dumbing down? Yeah. Like standardizing. But they didn't have to take them out of casual. That was the thing that always we always yeah. said. It's like, you can take them out of ranked, that's fine. You make ranked perfectly standardised. And you can use the preference system if you don't like them to try and make it so they come up less often. Yeah. Because but... <laughs> really, that preference system has become entirely pointless now. Yeah. So, unless you have a... Real significant... dislike for a certain theme. And I did... You know, I, now that I think about it, they did take Aquadome out, didn't they? Did they? I don't think I... Because that was the one that was primarily used in a lot of the Gfinity matches with Aquadome. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've seen Aquadome since that the patch where they took out the non-standard maps. Interesting. You might be right, because I don't think it came up when we were playing the other night. No. Or the other two nights. Because, yeah. I mean, the console players were always the ones complaining about Aquadome, because apparently it was ran worse than anywhere else on the uh, PS4, ha- especially. It had performance issues. I didn't realise that. I thought it would have less grass to render, so it'd be alright. <laughs> yeah, but it has all the water effects. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, don't know, yeah. I don't know why they took that out, but apparently they did. Because <laughs> we haven't seen it. They did introduce the farmyard, though, so woo, I guess. Yeah. I can sort of understand, perhaps, because the the the, the Acrodome water effects did have problems sometimes with the the the, the ball. Yeah, but they fixed that. Oh, did they? <laughs> no, I didn't, that was didn't one of the realize. first batches for Acrodome. Ah. It changed the change it so the effect doesn't interfere with the other effects that are actually part of the game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so Splatoon. Although yeah. the Shovel Knight update is pretty good for people that own it, and it's it's better than the last one by a long way. They, they pulled out all the stops for that one. It's good. It's Platoon. Clearly it's Platoon. Hmm. Well played. Uh, I mean, other than the, the EA loot box fiasco, what was the dumbest thing in video games this year? I've got two releases that I thought were pretty dumb. <laughs> One of them was the Bubsy Play. Yeah, okay. Because why does that... Why? Just, just why? Who thought that was a good idea? Someone heard about Sonic and was like, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Oh, apparently it's awful. Well, yes, they couldn't do that. <laughs> and also, the HD re-release of Constructor? I don't know necessarily that's a terrible idea. It's a pretty terrible idea. <laughs> well, the fact that they put in any effort to it is kind of surprising. Yeah. And a console release of it as well? That was probably a bad idea. Yeah. Because you never want to play that. I mean, I think City Skylines did come out on consoles this year, so... Yeah. I guess they can do it. It's weird, though. It's weird. Any of those sorts of games on consoles is a bit weird. Unless they've come up with some fancy way of doing the interface. Well, I'm sure they have. <laughs> they have some... I mean, even going going way back to like SimCity and stuff had some fairly smart ways to have interfaces on consoles. Sure. Uh, if Scalebound was cancelled this year, if I can figure out when that actually happened. It's your dumbest thing. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Really annoying. I was just looking forward to that thing. I was trying to think of if there was any particular, like, any especially bad Kickstarter disasters this year. Not really. No. It was all last year. <laughs> yeah, I guess. 
suppose we could argue that that Atari box is, seems pretty dumb. Yeah, I guess so. Like, <laughs> it's a, like the weirdness of Atari trying to jump on the bandwagon that, that Nintendo is doing. Where it's like, we're remaking our old consoles, but small. And then Atari's like, yeah, we can do that. It's like, no, I don't think you can. <laughs> oh, well, no wonder we're a bit confused about when Scalebound got cancelled. The news broke around the 9th of January. <laughs> so it was like super, super early in the year that that came out. So it did happen. Hmm. What else was done? Knack 2. Knack <laughs> 2. Knack 2, baby. <laughs> I hear Knack 2's alright. Compared to the first game, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that both Dan and I last year said we'd get a PlayStation this year and haven't. Well, but Dan has a perfectly good reason for that. Yeah, because Red Dead didn't come out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And you just bought a Switch instead, so... <laughs> yeah. Adequate reasons. That was my decision this year. The Switch won. Alright, I think we'll just move on with that. Yeah, I don't think there's been any especially dumb things. Just loot boxes? Yep. Uh, do we want a special shout-out for innovation? With what in what what have we got in there apart from so Hellblade for its uh, innovative approach to dealing with psychosis and how it's represented? But is it that innovative, or are we just looking some of it is, the, some of it isn't? The classics like uh, whatever that game is called, the uh, old oh what um what do you call it uh, a GameCube one yeah Eternal Game Darkness yeah that one <laughs> yeah that was clever. Uh, well, it's not doing quite so much fourth wall breaking. Sure. As, like, in fact, Hellblade doesn't do that um, specifically. Um, but just its approach to how it tells storytelling in world, how the various psychoses are represented, is cool and well thought through. Even if, if even if mechanically there's nothing particularly interesting going on, um, it's doing stuff with portals and perception, and uh, it's more of a presentation thing. I think um, they go out of their way to get it right. Uh, uh, the Switch yeah, for not only coming up with its mobile, not mobile concept, but actually pulling it, pulling off, it off in a way that works. In a way that isn't toxic. And, and isn't too much of a compromise. Hmm. It's a compromise in some ways, for sure. But, yes. but it's mostly pretty good. It mostly works exactly as their little trailer said it would. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from the, you know, all the ridiculous good looking 20 somethings on a rooftop part I'm sure that does happen yeah I, I think I've heard it happen exactly once <laughs> anyway uh, I have heard of people bringing a switch uh, no, actually I take it back I have heard of people taking a switch round to a party with one two switch loaded on it and using it in do in, in tabletop mode to do that thing in the ads oh yeah. that, I have heard that happen fair it's not about Mario Kart for that, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ho brought her Switch to our, my party but with Jackbox, but that could have been a PC, to be fair, because yeah. we can't get to the TV and everyone used their mobile. Yeah, if I need to do that, I'd just take a laptop yeah, exactly. somewhere. Exactly. I think that's the one part of the Switch advert that probably isn't going to happen, is the two dudes playing Mario Kart in the back of a car. 
using the two halves of the Joy-Con while the Switch is mounted on the back of the headrest. Yes, you I could would, mount it. You could feel do that. Sick, but yeah, but, but yeah. I wouldn't want... Because it's a tiny screen, you yeah. have to look really hard at it yeah, while but, you're in a moving car. You're playing a driving but, game. But, but, like, <laughs> but TV... But car TVs are about that size, aren't they? True, yeah. but you're not normally having to... Pick out your also it's only half. Yeah, yeah, your yeah. half of the screen. That's true. Well, if they each had a switch on each headrest, they'd be okay. I guess. Yeah, and they'd add hot stick together, and yeah, you yeah. can do that. That could that, that would be better. But two switches. That was not the marketing thing they were going no, for with multi switch. Two, two halves of the joystick. Unless you're pro gamer and you're a Splatoon clan, <laughs> then that's the only time you're allowed to use multiple switches in one place, according to Nindy. <laughs> Or end the NBA thing, right? I don't think anyone's going to bust out a Switch at a skate park and play NBA. That was two Switches. Was that two Switches? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, two back, to back. back. Yeah. No, that's fun. Right. Uh, snake Pass for its snake control. Cool. That's a neat one. Didn't quite stretch through a whole game, but cool. <laughs> no, but... Well, it sort of did. They yeah. put out the whole... Yeah, but uh, that game was just about the right length. Yeah, but and and you know, but that control scheme was kind of kind of neat. Uh, some interesting stuff there. Uh, and Zelda for its uh, what we what I had for to try and explain. Zelda. What I had to try well for not being Zelda, but more specifically, I th- I think the major innovation is the line that is what's been come to known as uh, line of sight map design. I don't think that is that much of an innovation. I think it's just because they've called it out like they Maybe, pointed yeah. it out that it, I'm sure in, in normal design work that's just something that happens I'm sure probably. that I'm sure like in terms of like uh, I think specifically that would ha- that must have happened must happen in like multiplayer map design right for like Definitely. shooters and things like that they have to be thinking about those things well, but maybe when you're talking about a large game open... you think about that to some extent like what, <laughs> when, when you're standing up on this hill because we sent you there for a mission objective what do we want you to see maybe but I don't know if it's ever been quite so I don't know if that like in 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 many other open world games where the visual of what I'm looking at in the world has been what guides me to a thing instead of a marker on the map or something on the map. Yeah. In Zelda, like almost everything you I mean, do is because in, you can. Oh sure, don't get me wrong. in Skyrim or whatever, but but not to this extent where the entire game and See? your exploration of the world hinges on it. Yeah, that's true. But you're probably right, yeah. It's probably not something that exists, but it's just been called out as being, hey guys, this is how you should do it this year. You know, you know, Assassin's Creed, take note. <laughs> Basically. Got any innovations? No. I mean, <laughs> technically the Dirt 4 track generator. Yeah, but... that's true. <laughs> but well, if only that of... was better. But those sorts of things have existed well, before. Well, yeah, that's what we've been saying about all of these things. It's like none of this is actually innovative, it's just... In in many ways, it's like Dirt 4's thing is it's nice to see the return of a track generator, not necessarily that it's something that hasn't been done before. No. No. No, no, no. <laughs> cats attacking the tree again. Yeah, it's time for the annual tradition yep. <laughs> of cats in trees. Late to the party this year. But... Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> da, 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 da. Also, generally, the cat, it's taking you a long time to suddenly become interested in it. We've got away from it most of this year. Can the cat's really bored of our game the year podcast. Yeah, exactly. Decided to interrupt. Sorry. <laughs> I think it's about that time, eh, chaps? It is about that time, eh, chaps? Let's get down to it. Righto. 
Da, 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 well, luckily, thank you. Luckily, Fan we don't have much to talk about. No, what is there to say? Well, it's Mary versus Little Zelda. <laughs> that's pretty much yes. it. I thought Deer was going to be on your list, but it's not even on there. Oh, that's a that's a <laughs> that's a mistake. It was. That's a, <laughs> that is a mistake. It should be there. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, there, 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 are, there are definitely some games on my list that I think are going that I think made more of an impact on me than both Mario and Zelda this year. Such as? Well, Hellblade is something special, Nier is something special, and Splatoon 2 is possibly the most fun I've had in video games for a long time. Oh, really? Past, you know, uh, apart from Rocket League, maybe. <laughs> I love Splatoon 2 so much. Um, despite my complaints of it being Splatoon 1 plus, yeah. Splatoon 1 was pretty amazing. <laughs> And more of it is no bad thing. And I'm almost, I think I may be having more fun with this one than I had the last one. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just a quality thing. And I think I perhaps have, I've put way more time into Splatoon than, oh, well, I haven't put more time into Splatoon than I have Zelda. No. But in terms of any other <laughs> multiplayer game I've played this year, even the ones I was deep into, like Overwatch and things like that, it's just taken over. That's the game that does it for me. And that's kind of a big deal. So. <laughs> Given that it's Mario and Zelda, what's your your runner up between like Nier and Splatoon two? Hellblade. <laughs> and Hellblade. Um, out of those three, Splatoon two. There we go for, for sure. Okay. Um, but, I don't... but those, as I mentioned earlier, those other two super important games this year, I think. And, for sure. And, and, ones, and ones both of you should try and find time to play. Oh, absolutely. So, I don't know if you if you will because you probably won't like either of them, but I, they they are. <laughs> I think they are they are landmark games this year. You know, interested in Hellblade too? I'm slightly more interested in Nier. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I I see Dan being more likely to play Hellblade Maybe. if you can get over the, the heavy tone, and I see Zach way more likely to play Nier because he'll put the time in to see it <laughs> yeah. through multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> And also, generally, slightly more comfort with JRPGs. <laughs> Not that it's exactly JRPG, but well, Japanese ish. storytelling, I suppose. Yes, maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, don't yeah. mind about that. Okay. This so basically so... leaves the big discussion down to oh, the obvious to Zelda and Mario. Yeah. How do we tell to, to so, rip these apart? So I, ha- I have a very simple way to do it, and that's my one argument that I'm going to put forward for it. Because I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling I know what like you're going to say, Zach. So go ahead. <laughs> Well, the obvious argument is that Zelda should win because it's not just another Zelda game. Right. And that's it. <laughs> is that it? Is that your <laughs> argument? Yeah. Okay. They made, a, they made I... a really goddamn good Mario game, and it's great, yeah. but they made a new yeah. Zelda game that's actually that, new. That is it. I but, thought, but, I thought but, 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 you... But, but, but. If you want to boil that argument right down... <laughs> More than that already Yeah, 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 but Zelda <laughs> doesn't really do anything massively new itself. As we just proved with our line kind of sight discussion, like, well, but all it does is it just takes the best elements of every other open world game that's happened. Perfect, <laughs> as and, and blends them together, and, like, and does have a unique twist on these things. Like Nintendo always do things in a, you know, when they when they copy an idea, or at least or take more Western ideas, they always put like a twist on it. It's not like copy and paste. Oh sure, 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 sure. Well, like, yeah. like for example, the kind of environmental combat. Like they've got the they put the physics in right, which has been going since Half Life Two or whatever, mm. and hasn't been in these games before. But then they managed to combine that with things like 
the fire and the updraft and, and the the, the, it's just all the combinations of everything is is and they made it a fun system uh in a way that because physics-based gameplay is not you know innovative at this point but it, if it's almost gone away like or now it's like a decorative thing where the okay everything is physics mm. in a, in a good PC game but it does it, it no longer does it contribute to the gameplay in the way that was super obvious when it was new in something like Half Life Two I, I suppose, or in some I cases suppose, it's actually really annoying like Skyrim, yeah where you just can't put shit on a table exactly because <laughs> all physics is, is, is and open world physics of course is notoriously janky so the fact that they managed to get that right in in Zelda well obviously well, there's some jank but yeah because well in many ways. I have to stop saying that. That is my phrase in many ways because it's not, there is one very clear way in this particular case where that is different because they simplified it. Right, the physics of yeah. of, of, in, of objects in Zelda there aren't that many objects that are constantly have having physics as we know it applied to them in the same way. It's not masses of they'll, they'll get like stuff will land on the floor and become static and like weapons and stuff. Weapons won't get like exploded around while they're on the floor. Mm. And it's like do, do they though? I think they kind of might do. Uh, if you put a bomb on a pile of weapons. Well they fly everywhere. I don't know if I've ever seen it with weapons. I've seen it with minerals. But that's the thing, isn't it? That is almost the point. Even whether they do or they don't doesn't matter because that wouldn't contribute to gameplay if they did. Unless they became damaging. If they, if they turned yeah. into a projectile. And smacked into people. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can with Although, the magnet. Yeah, the magnet boomerang <laughs> trick. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought, Zach, that you might argue that Mario was better. But I... Uh, so, yeah. Well, it's a better, like, better overall construction of a product. Like, Zelda, you can see it's, like, quite sparse, but, I mean, partially deliberately, but you can tell that it's just, like, a first attempt at an open-world game, and so they couldn't make the mechanics that deep, and there's some amount of sacrifices for just building a really big world. And like, Do you think? Well, I think they, they replaced... the, the, the so I think perhaps some of that is present in the busy work elements of that game right your inv- your constant inventory management oh, and, and, like, and breaking weapons and the, the constant gathering and that there's just and like I like the gathering though <laughs> I'm not saying sure. I'm not saying it's not yeah, enjoyable yeah. but it, it can be seen as like perhaps this is and there's just like something to fill the void of activity there's just like 900 Koroks and like yes there's different yeah. types of Koroks but that's just like that's the one collectible <laughs> yeah it, the problem with the Koroks is, is like yeah. it's great while you're discovering new Korok techniques different kinds of Koroks but then yeah. when you've seen the same one 20 times... But you don't the, have the to be completionist less. about Koroks. Like, no. most no, 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 people no, no, no. won't be. Like, which, is, which is great, because a lot of them are really hard to spot. Especially, yeah. like, leaves at the top of the trees ones. Yeah. It's like, who's going to climb every tree and make the Korok appear? Like a, yeah. Um, I just think... Yeah. it's th- That is a good argument, the, the main argument, right? That Zelda innovated in its in its constraints yeah and in ways that it really pulled off like honestly old zelda games like they're all you know a lot of them are great but oftentimes if i got to the start of a temple or something like the water temple i would just save and quit because i'd be like no i'm not doing two hours of this right now yeah you know you whereas they but then but then they'd already solved that problem in the last what's the 3ds zelda i mean that's why making the dungeons considerably shorter yeah but that's not yeah. that's not relevant well that's not that relevant to this conversation because that's just the indication of what would, this was going to happen yeah. Nintendo have learned that they need to switch things up with Zelda a bit yeah and they so have. they did in the handheld and the full game uh, I, I think true 
I think if, if my, my one of my major criticisms, I think, of, of this album, I don't know I'm being the voice of... I'm, I'm, <laughs> intention, I'm intentionally yeah, yeah. being the down voice here, because I am yeah. big on Zelda as well. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I think I would have liked to have seen larger scale shrines, effectively. If the shrinkage yeah. of the dungeon concept was and the also, shrines, I think the, having the odd one that was like the size of three or four shrines and was a more complex integrated experience and perhaps didn't look like a shrine like that's the, shrine the thing music. it's also that it, they, they would need like to have to be a, a different theme. theming yeah. yeah per one or whatever Maybe i mean that's, that's basically what the beasts were they the, were the, like the, yeah, small, smaller exactly. than dungeons but larger than, but the, larger than the, so shrines, the problem with the yeah. beasts were is they mechanically were actually some of the weakest elements in the game right i like, enjoyed them all i think all the beasts. I, I don't i think they were a nice change of pace yeah but if I was to say, would I ever do a beast again over any one of the shrines? No, I no, would. Pick, I would probably pick any one of the shrines over doing the beast challenges. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, that's because they're a bit. More, well, I don't know. I, think, I feel I like they're the more bite sized The beasts had like kind of more awkward takes on some yeah, of the mechanics sometimes. That's true. Like, and, just and I, I think it was a little bit harder to see what the flow of that beast was supposed to be, like the flow of how you're supposed to get through mm. it. And maybe that was intentional. Maybe well, they didn't. Maybe they wanted a more non-linear. A little bit of a um, puzzle. Yeah. I mean, it was cool having a pint-sized dungeon where you could l- manipulate like the whole thing in different ways, like moving the salamander or like moving the neck of the, or the, 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 water, or, spout, the yeah. water spout or moving the, the camel thingy but then that it also cool. became a little bit disappointing when you realized all of them were gimmick in that way well that type like, like a movement gimmick they were all different but they all involved the same, yeah yeah a, a similar concept. The whole world not world but little mini world mm. yeah so yeah i quite like that i think i like i think i felt like i fudged some of the solutions right like i didn't wasn't sure that the way i'd done it was i know that's part mm. of it but it doesn't always feel quite as satisfying sometimes no. when you feel like i was like i'm not 100 percent sure i was supposed to be able to make that i've climbed up to a weird place well, and the, just the, glided the, over there and got through a gap that i don't think i was in that that can't have been the proper way to solve this well it was the climbing inside like particularly the camera because like the cylindrical, the bits. cylindrical yeah, yeah. body made it really awkward to tell whether you were meant to be able to climb things because mm. it's like you, is it just sloped at just enough angle that I can run up there or do I have yeah, to yeah. like dodgy climb because because of the way it's like the shrine stone or whatever the stuff that you can't climb <laughs> inside the beasts where it's like it's, you're not meant to be able to climb but if you angle it just right you can run up there. And then re-angle it while you're standing on that ledge, and then like walk over the angle of yeah, the ledge yeah, yeah. as it's rotating, and it's like that feels a bit a bit dodgy. Yeah. I mean, if I was to be super but critical cool. of the beast design, I think like the a lot of the actual puzzle quote unquote solutions were sort of things that sort of just happened. You know, so you do a thing and a thing happens, but you don't you didn't really put the thought process into oh, I need to do this to cause that. Especially some of the like long or more vertical bits of animal you needed to make move, either by hooking up some of those power lines or oh, yeah. doing something so a large portion of the animal moves and it's like, oh, right, now I can access that part of the thing. I wasn't intending to do that, but I can see that I now can. Mm. Um, but you, you know, know that you know you're I mean? trying it's to connect the power lines to sort the right of, like, so, yeah, some, some of it was more like discovery by accident than by intent. Mm. It's like, I've just got to do this thing because it looks like something I can do. Is it going to do a thing? Oh, it did a thing. What does that thing mean? Oh, now I can do this. And it's like... Some, sometimes I, I think I'd quite like to have felt like I... Oh, I meant to make that happen. 
and, and it, I don't think I got that quite so much. And let's not forget those beast boss fights. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah, I they were a bit too easy. <laughs> well, apart it, from the the one of them was. I thought was the hard. first one was pretty like, rough. The one in the um, desert one was pretty pretty tough. Yeah, yeah. I never Which really one was that the one that just teleports the around. One. The, like, oh the, yeah, the teleport yeah. guy. I never really got that. I just tanked it. Yeah, so yeah. Like, I've got so much health at this point, I can just take the hints. Because you're supposed to grab the, 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 the rods the, or whatever. And put them in his face. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's a little bit hard well, to Well, it's do. a bit hard to predict where they're going to land. Yeah. And then when, when they land, you've got a limited amount of time to actually put, push one in the face before it explodes. So probably the water, pretty tricky. Probably the water one was one of the better ones. Because yeah. it was actually a specifically designed arena yeah. that had mechanics yeah, at state, different stages. I had trouble with the camera on that one where it seemed to not want to lock to him so I had a real hard time getting it to admittedly I guess at that point in the game I might have still been getting to grips with things but I had a real hard time making it face the trouble that was going to hurt me and then you fall off into the water and you've got to get back on those little plimps and you're vulnerable during the entire time it's I, I felt like I was just fumbling my way through that and because of the food system it's just like I just keep propping myself up I'll, I'll, I'll yeah like you say I'll just tank it I'll take the damage, fire off my shots, because I don't feel like I can defend this properly. I actually thought that Mario was a little over-reliant on boss fights, ironically, compared to Zelda. Like, in the main story, if you do, like, beeline the story, or what, not that anyone does, but, you know, that's the way you get through, right? There's yeah, a lot of and, boss and I fights. think most of Mario's boss design is fine, with the, not- the exception of the Brutals. It, and the repetition of the brutes, yeah, I and mean, the repetition of Bowser to some extent. It's like, yeah, like, I, but they're I, not like surprising or anything. No, yeah, because it's like hat stuff. I, 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 yeah, I kind of wish the brutal. You didn't have to fight the brutals as much because what if you do the final challenge? You fought them three separate times each. Yeah, I, I think, I and think that's, it's that's a bit too much. much. That's too much. Uh, yeah, given the, the how good the design of the non-brutal boss fights are. Mm. Yeah, pretty much across the board. I'm, I'm yeah. struggling to think of a terrible one. I Even mean, though the hard versions are I, the hard version of the centipede boss, I thought was a little cheap at times, but because um, I had trouble getting my shots to land, which felt a bit weird. It's like I'm shooting at the glowy part. Why is the glowing part not counting as being hit? Uh, you know, so I had a bit of a problem with that one. But uh, but they're, they're generally. Super solid designs. Even the even the friggin' dragon fight, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm fighting a dragon. Another thing is like a classic thing is like Mario's core movement mechanics is like obviously they pretty much perfected them in 1996, but like they're like incredibly solid, right? Mm. And in terms of Zelda's core mechanics, I reckon there is some room for improvement in the combat. Well, yeah, that was one of the things that they hadn't yeah didn't I expand well, upon enough. Really. No. Well, you know, at the time when we were starting to play this, I I do think yeah. the combat yeah. is weaker than yeah. previous Zelda games. Or it's um, relatively weak, or they haven't improved as much as other aspects. Like, it's just the sword and shield an, uh, well, stuff, yeah, it's different, and the set targeting stuff. It isn't yeah, quite yeah. right. It's not, it's not uh, quite as sharp it's, as it's been. It's, it's perfectly good and serviceable, it's just it's just not as perfect as something like Mario. No, and I have had that the class, some of the classic problems where I've been attacked by something off-screen, and, and yeah. there's not been much of an indication of that coming, and it's like, how do I deal with that when I'm surrounded? Yeah, and it's like, and you know, Zelda's only real answer is don't be surrounded. Yeah, <laughs> and it's always, um, always stealth, and then draw them out one at a time. Yeah, know. yeah. But I like that kind of gameplay personally. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, I the, know, only, I, the only I like trouble... a little more indication, like even if it's just an, even if things are attacking from off screen, but if there's some sort of like 
even because uh, um, so I'm playing Hand of Fate 2 at the moment, and even they do will do a little red uh, indicator off the side of the screen if there's something coming at you from off screen. Um, yeah, but someone was about indicators. No, <laughs> didn't want any UI on that. Yeah, thing. I know, yeah, but, it's it's like, but, but I do yeah. think it suffers. Oh, well, I think I, like, yeah, you know, I forgot about the HUD is... thing because I think I've been on Pro HUD yeah. for like the whole game, so I forgot that you could have yeah, extra stuff. Yeah. Oh, what was? What's the extra stuff you can turn on? Because I, I just had it on the defaults the entire yeah, time. That's why then the Pro HUD is the less. Pro, yeah. I've, uh, I've get rid of the sound meter in the yeah, yeah. gauge. Yeah, get rid of those. Yeah. And oh, the sound meter's kind of pointless anyway. Yeah. Bits and pieces. Yeah. I got rid of those. You want the weather gauge? Though? Weather gauge is important. Oh, for when no one's going to need to know. Rain. Need to know when I can't climb. Yeah. Oh man, that game's so good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I really if, like if I really like Mario, but I think I think Zelda's the best game I've played in a very long time. If, if I want to counteract my own sort of intentional negativity, <laughs> there's a lot going on in Zelda. Yeah, like, you know, if you if you if you if and like if, the, if I was to say every like the writing is <laughs> just ridiculously good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was to say that the parts of Zelda may be simplified, yeah, that's, that's fine. They are, but. There's a lot of parts. It comes together, doesn't it? <laughs> so even if the weather system is perhaps a little overly simple, even if the fire system isn't Far Cry's fire system, even if uh, the physics, probably not Portal 2, yeah, sorry, Half-Life 2's physics system or whatever, it's like, it's all simplified. So it's the Havoc it, engine, so it is. <laughs> it is a Havoc underneath. I'm pretty sure it says that at the start of the game, doesn't it? I don't know, I didn't... I, very rarely actually took the game yeah. out while I was <laughs> you playing. You don't really it. see the start of the game. No. Uh, Just make sure you turn it off occasionally because of the blood moon bug. <laughs> that's gone away, right? I'm not entirely certain. That I, I don't think I ever experienced the blood no. moon bug. <laughs> and the fact that the games we're talking about for Game of the Year are mobile games is amazing, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> you know, of, yeah, there are games you can play on the bus. Or, or the games that you do play, you know, by carrying your system to someone else's house yeah and you could I mean it's such I a stunning think, success I know this conversation has gone very one way so far yeah. I do I'm on the Mario side right if I'm okay. being honest out of the two you're definitely wrong because, <laughs> because Mario brought simply brought a bigger smile to my face right fair enough because yeah. I think I think Zelda does what it does very well but yeah. in, in many ways it's well, that Mar- so it's, it's a lot of that thing for like a hundred hours, Mario has, and it's like has whereas Mario, I think, moments. mixes it up way more over its lifespan, and it's I don't think it's I don't think it outstays its welcome. Whereas I began to felt like Zelda outstayed its welcome. Oh, I'm not there yet. With at like night, at like the eighty hour mark, admittedly, I've but got, I've got to fight some Lionels and shit. <laughs> See, that's <laughs> something I've there. not really got too involved with because that was just. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't enjoy the Lionel fights at first, even the way it like push you. They're into really them. hard. Yeah, yeah, but then, but then you get to the point where you can fight them. Yeah, and, and then becomes... they overstay it. Well, it's like too many goddamn lions. Yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna fight them all. And I haven't even gone through. I haven't finished that thing. I haven't even decided to go against all the millions of guardians, of which I hate fighting because I don't feel even at this point in the game, I don't feel adequately equipped to deal with guardians them. Guardians are like incredibly easy though. <laughs> Oh, I hate them. They just murder me. Once you get, yeah. Well, Even without the Master Sword, really. I mean, the Master Sword makes it trivial. <laughs> yeah. If you happen to have the Master Sword charged. Do you ride around on a horse, do you? Or? No, you just find the nearest slight elevation <laughs> so you can glide at least most of the way up to them because that buys you a lot of time before they spot you if they're <laughs> even slightly above them. That's true. They... Drop down, chop all the legs off, and then just stab them. <laughs> stab them up. I always felt disappointed when I found one when I was just exploring. 
And it's what, just like, I want to go, I wanna go here, and it's like, ah, oh, there's a mobile guardian and there's no cover. The ones that suck are the aerial guardians, because there's not, not really shit you can do about that. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, that's true. Apart from shooting them with ancient arrows, ancient arrows, yeah. which cost a cost a bundle. Um, yeah, man. And but you know, just even stuff like the Tarry Town stuff is like really nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I like. I know you would bit down on it, but I I don't, I don't mind the Rito Village. I quite like it. What? I was down on it. You, you were disappointed at that section. I was disappointed in it being very small. Yeah, like it's, yeah um, me it's, too. No, it's really yeah. tiny. Yeah, and it's that's not a length, and they don't do a great deal with it. Really, you go to the training grounds, do a thing, yeah. and then and the training grounds aren't even that much of a thing. No, and then you're suddenly on the beast. Yeah, I think that's the, the point about, about that area is because you've been in the east and it's huge. And think, you think, know, oh, the, I'll the, go west, and it'll be just as huge, and it isn't quite as big. And it's not. Because there's a lot of, like, side quests and stuff in Zora's domain. There's not even that many side quests in no, the, I guess no. there's a few, the whole, not as many. The no. whole lead-up to Zora's domain makes that area the best. It's so Because it's like the yeah. fact you have to walk up that path, and the fact that you're, yeah, that was great. you're probably doing that at, at an early phase in the game, yeah, right, where you so don't have the skills to do it many other ways. Yeah. And it's like that's that's a that's and that a, was really if you do it at that point in time, it's a great. And there's like a story reason why it's raining constantly and you can't climb yeah, yeah, yeah. around everything. That's really well done, and um, because you couldn't cheese it. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And uh, in fairness, as much as I dislike Mifa's voice acting, that storyline was one of the better sub stories. Yeah, just switch that shit to Japanese. You sorted. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. Well, once they patched that in. <laughs> oh, sure. I, didn't, I forgot that wasn't a thing at first. It originally wasn't in there, yeah. 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 Uh, hard to see how they could have done it that much better. Obviously, there's a few missteps in there. But, I I mean, what a what a great comeback from Nintendo. Mm. That we're talking about Mario and Zelda for games of the year. Well, then the trouble is, like, two. the next games are the hard ones. Oh yeah, because like the next Mario game, they can't do the Mushroom Kingdom again. They've they've expended the nostalgia play. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> now it's getting to the point of worrying about what they're going to do next. But in let, fairness, let, it's probably going to be a very long time yeah. until they do a Mario again. Let's yeah. focus on these, because... and probably at least another three years until they do a Zelda again. We'll see those uh, Wii U re-releases come to Switch next, right? They'll, they'll, <laughs> I guess they'll, yeah. put, they'll put out Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD, and maybe Skyward Sword HD. Yeah. Possibly. Although Skyward Sword HD would be tricky because of its reliance on motion controls, maybe, which they can do yeah, with the Switch. They might but... be able to jiff it with the, with the Joy-Cons. Yeah. But then the Joy-Cons, had, that game had pointer stuff as well, which is the one thing that we can't, outside the Switch can't do. Is that right? It might be able to. Like, it might... One of them can. Yeah. So, but maybe. But then where does the... where's Yeah, anyway, I don't know how any of that will work. But... Yeah, we'll see those before we see another fully fledged Zelda for sure. Maybe I don't know. It's possible they might. It's, it's possible that they might make a new Zelda relatively quickly on this, like on this engine or whatever. <laughs> what do I? If they do a Majora's Mask on it, that would be cool. You know what I mean? Do, I think they'd do, do that like as DLC though. Mm, maybe. Mm, yeah, maybe. Let's see what they do. Because the Majora's Mask, in many ways, it, oh, I've said it again. It's starting to bug me. I don't know. It's Majora's quite a Mask game. is quite a lot. Yeah, it's quite a big game, and it's, it's a full fledged Zelda game. Yeah. But it's almost like a DLC pack in the, in For some arena. Yeah, in some ways. I think that was a good. That's a good template to go with. 
but a real, oh. real twist on it. Ocarina of Time 2.1 HD remix. Mm. <laughs> Final chapter for everyone. Yep. <laughs> so, where are we at? There's two votes for Zelda and one for Mo- I know, I know, I know I'm overruled, and I know yeah. it's, uh, it's... But it's hard to feel bad about it, right, this this year? Yeah. Oh, I played Mario this year. <laughs> <laughs> two votes for Mario. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only other game no one's played this year. <laughs> what was the other one? Yeah. Uh, Simpsons. Okay. Oh yeah, Simpsons. Okay, okay. Yeah, that we played last week. <laughs> I think it's just like it's a fairly obvious result of yeah. like the only reason Zelda wins really is because of its innovation in its in its own genre. Because <laughs> yeah. Mario is just another Mario game. It's a bloody good Mario game, and it's so well constructed, and it's like got all the little details, and it's really nicely constructed, and it's not buggy or anything. Yeah. There's no problems. And you know, if you want to talk about risk taking, it's bonkers out there. The bonkersness of it is great. That's the one thing that isn't as about it. Yeah, but I, I like the consistency of tone of Zelda as well. Personally, like I like craziness, but I I prefer. I think not that I'm saying Mario should have been more straight because I don't think so. I think it embraced. I embrace the bonkersness of it. You could but argue it, they've done the straight approach before right yeah because that's what 3d exactly. land and 3d world were trying well, to do 64 right? is, is yeah i don't know well, not, i don't know if like Mar- mario 64 was early enough in the cycle where i think we yeah. could say anything would have gone in mario 64 it would have been fine yeah that's true um yeah you're right yeah they took a lot of, i mean you know, t- yeah it's in it's super mario sonic adventure time in, <laughs> don't know. make that now g <laughs> no <laughs> Real sized humans, man. Oh, yeah, it's still a bit weird. What yeah. is Mar- What is Mario? What is Pete? A classic question. How big? Then Luigi's nose must be as big as a regular human head. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> right. Oh, that's that. That's yeah, that. Anything right. more to say? All right. Happy Salad Game of the Year 2017 is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. How boring of us. Because <laughs> it's freaking awesome. I know, I know. Yeah. Even if it had been married, that would have been a boring choice as well. <laughs> They're both equally likely yeah. to win the end of the year. But Zelda is slightly better. Yeah. Apparently the general consensus is that yeah. Zelda is the, is the game of the year overall. Well, Fast RMX. <laughs> that barely came out this year. I'll take the cap. <laughs> It's effectively a re-release. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, I'm we sure you best hype for 2018. Shocked. Red Dead Redemption Two, mm. best game of 2018. Yay! <laughs> um, so that's six. already settled. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I shut it down. We're not doing this for a year. Shut okay, it down. Shut it down. Taking a holiday for a year. <laughs> yeah, that, that's already decided. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it still anyway. might be terrible. It, it, it might be. It's true. I can imagine open world janky physics on those swinging horse balls. Oh yeah, <laughs> you gotta, gonna go you gotta, so wrong. You gotta model those horse balls. That's the instant win. It's gonna go so wrong. Game of the year. It's got horse ball physics. As you know, it would win if it janked. <laughs> if, it janked. <laughs> if the balls just fly into the sky, right? Taking the horse with them. Stuff to look forward to. <laughs> well, what if you end up with that animation bug like there was on the PS3 version of Red Dead Redemption, where um. Things, it's not gonna be things like that, had though. the wrong models put on them for animated like the original things so the horse balls become like a man face <laughs> it could happen 
We've seen it before, man. We've seen it before. Why do we have a hype, most hyped each award? Mine goes to Red Dead. Zeg, what are you most hyped for? I don't know. It's probably Metro Prime 4 at this point, but I feel like there's definitely going to be other games coming out next year. No one knows there's, anything about that. I think, think there's going to be a lot that we haven't heard about yet yeah. to be revealed. I mean, I've got a quick list. Like, uh, Anthem is supposed to be next year. It's true. But, and my hope for that has dropped significantly in the wake of all the EA disasters yeah. this year. I don't think EA have put out a good game this year. <laughs> Let's put it that, think, of it, think of it that way. Uh, Biomutant looks cool, but we don't really know what that is in, in terms of an actual game, but the concept is fun. Spider-Man. Spider-Man I'm get, pretty hyped for. Get hyped for Spider-Man. Weirdly. Another reason to buy PS4. Crank, crank down three. No one cares about it. Uh, no. Freedom Planet 2 looks cool, but not most hyped, but I, you know, I like that Sega aesthetic. Uh, on Rush. Mm, could be interesting. Uh, Project Doctor Path Traveler. Still in theory coming out next year. I don't think that was much of a hype. No, not that hype. No, partial hype. Runner three, <laughs> also partial hype. Partial hype because <laughs> you know what that's going to be, pretty much. Soul Calibur six, <laughs> Tale of Two Swords, eternally retold. <laughs> At least six times. At least six times. <laughs> uh, and possibly my my current front runner, Sea of Thieves. Right, that's see it. Sea of Thieves sounds cool. Got Sea of Thieves, March twentieth. Get hype. Red Dead Two, and whatever Zach Tronic's come up with in twenty eighteen. <laughs> yeah, they might have managed to release at least one game. Although their <laughs> last game only just came out, so maybe not. It might be the January next year rather than. I mean, next twenty nineteen. Yeah, jeez. I'm just saying, Nintendo better put out a direct soon. Soon, we shall see. Anyway, thank you for joining us. For Abby's Island Game of the Year, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, 2017. Of the Wild. The end. Aww.